Welcome to Every Album Ever with Mike and Alex. My name is Michael Mansour, and I'm joined, as always, by my trusty, handy, fun co-host, Alexander Volt. Say hello. Hello. This is coming off Japanese WrestleMania, Wrestle Kingdom, so I'm... Is that real? Uh, yeah. It Wrestle- sounds like you made it up. That's, I can't believe it's real. No, Wrestle Kingdom. All right. All right. All right. This is Every Album Ever, the podcast. We listen to every single album in the world, one artist at a time. That's a whole new discography per episode, and today, we'll be discussing every album by... I should say... I and I will be discussing every album by Bad Brains. Yeah, that's a perfect HR. Thank you. From I'm where I'm, I'm sitting. I'm trying to like not be loud, and it's impossible to not be. Loud. We're in a garage. We got to be quiet in here. Ah, you're right. You know, fuck everybody else. You're right. Bad Brains. This this was the winner of our second poll that took us six months to do an episode on. Because let's be honest, this is gonna be a long episode, and if you're watching this you can probably see that it's i'm guessing two hours mm-hmm. uh bad brains so our, our, our patreon members our lovely patronizers who support us and give us everything that we need they they vote you get to vote on polls and that's this is one of them i forgot who it beat i think it beat someone i wanted to win more even though this is really one of my favorite bands uh, of all time and has been since i was a kid but also you've been dreading this i've also been dreading it and we're gonna talk all about it all right uh Bad Brains. I, the few bands I have more to say about. This one goes so deep into my childhood. I was, yes. but I was single digits when I discovered the Bad Brains. Mm-hmm. And they have been with me for a very long time. Does that mean I like everything they do? No. No, it doesn't mean I don't like it. That doesn't mean I like everything they do. In fact, there's so much about them that I hate. Even though I love them so much. I don't know anything about your experience. How have you, what have you, have you heard anything I, at all? Yes. Okay. Come on. Come on. I'm just asking. I know, I'm just asking. I know some things like you. I look like someone who listened to DRI, but I didn't before the podcast. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. So, yeah, I've heard three, three to four albums. Sounds all right. Usually it's uh, the three that people have heard. It's that's, not the three you're thinking of. I, that's insane to me that it's yeah. not the three because there really is the three. There's yes. nine. There's nine total. Yes. But there really is the three. Yes. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, they got the the big, the classic. You, they're classics. They're beloved. Yeah. I love them. Mike loves them. Yeah. You probably love them. Um, and then there's a lot of stuff in the middle at the end that's yeah. all over the map. Oh, and, yeah. And yeah. that's why we do this stupid podcast. So we can talk. So someone can talk about them. It wasn't, honestly, it wasn't fun. No, but I wasn't as miserable as I thought I was going to be. Same. And in fact, even the stuff that I, I really didn't like, uh, I found myself enjoying the experience of it because uh, I started doing deep dives into the history of the band at the time mm-hmm. and it is some sad dark stuff i watched the the documentary on on hr uh what's it called finding joseph i i didn't even know there was a near I. yeah i think there's a few docs on bad brains but that one is focused solely on hr and boy is that a bummer of a movie uh i love him even more now after that even though um you know, when you have a lot of experience with mentally ill people in your family and friends uh all that stuff is like Oh, I don't uh, want to be around that. Oh my God. That's it's, it's just my uncle. It's just my fucking uncle again. It, yeah. But it's also like a, there's a, you know, this other kind of uh, weird sympathy for like, you can't hate a guy like that because mm-hmm. like, you know, exactly what's happening. Uh, it makes perfect sense. All his craziness and all his antics, even like the really fucked up violent stuff. You're like, I still get it. I get it. I, it's, it's fucking not his fault. I mean, yeah. it is, but it's not, uh, it's, it's just more sad than anything. And some of it's pretty creepy. 
I some of it's really creepy. I bet. Uh, but I don't even know where where to begin with with this band. Uh, I, first time hearing them. What is your your, your roots? Um, I I think I've said this before. Like going from metal to punk, I always found that some punk was this like too poppy yeah like i like the ramones everyone likes the ramones you can't i like the ramones but it didn't like match what was sold to me or i felt like, like was, the, the attitude the attitude yeah. the the nastiness and then bad brains were one of the first bands where i was like oh this makes sense this is what i think punk rock should be in my head because they basically invented hardcore i mean you can also make the argument that the germans were also one of those and then middle class is another band that i think their out of vogue single was like oh it's super fast it's one of the first hardcore records but in terms of coining the term mosh which bad brains did by accident yeah uh the way HR moved on stage, the insane shit, they doing standing backflips and landing perfectly <laughs> in time with the end of a song. Uh, the Unmatched it, energy. Unmatched energy and aggression. And, and then, of course, the speed. They really invented hardcore. And that's why they are the best hardcore band. And I've always felt that. Like, they were... I'm a huge hardcore punk fan, as we all know. But they were the best. And let me say, as an adult and doing this podcast for what feels like an eternity now, like the, the songwriting for bad brains at their peak is kind of unmatched for me. It's incredible. It's incredible. And, and there's a lot of punk, really, really, really good punk bands that you can cite. Um, even, even they're not really peers, but also from DC, like minor threat, check mm-hmm. out that episode uh, where you listen to their songs and yeah, they're simple, but they're, such uh really hooky and, and unique uh just simple chord changes like no one's written that song before it's just four chords but no one's done that and it's mm-hmm. it's a great fucking really good songwriting even though it's really stripped down even something as good as a minor threat it's like still wasn't bad brains bad brains just had everything bad yeah bad brains uh compared to like minor threat minor threats is like aggression to me bad brains you get the aggression with moments of cr- like creativity and not that like minor threat isn't creative, right. but you're sitting there listening to these riffs and you're just like, there's a maturity to them. Well, they were, yeah. they were older for one and they're all accomplished musicians. They're all yeah. insanely talented. Yeah. I didn't know they had like a fusion jazz background. Yeah. Uh, they were all vi- like really, really good. And I remember, I don't remember what doc it was. It might've been the American hardcore doc. Um, where Ian, Ian McKay was like, um, I think, I don't know if he was there, they were hanging out with them. That's, that's the whole point. I don't know exactly what it was, but obviously the minor threat kids are, are super young and they're like, these are our fucking idols. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God. So they're, they're jamming out or something and they're like, ah, it's fucking sounds shitty. It's shitty amp, whatever shitty. And then fucking, uh, Daryl and Dr. No, uh, they take the instruments and they make it sound amazing. Cause they're just incredible musicians. So yeah. they, can, they can be, it's like, Oh, it wasn't the instruments. It was the musicians. Cause <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Uh, cause they were just better than everyone. They're full, full mm-hmm. on shredders. Yeah. And then you, you couple that with actual good songwriting. And then you couple that with the most insane and inspired, I dare say inspiring frontman ever. <laughs> just the the personality of it is just unlike it. It created the whole scene essentially. Yeah, and 
it is funny that the the album cover is lightning because in a way it it was like a lightning in a bottle and then it it was over like it was over over and over again it was over a million times yeah it, it kept starting and stopping and it's all 100 percent because of hr yeah every single time it was because of hr mm-hmm. and his mental illness and his unpredictability and his eccentricities there's so much shit where he would just like completely tank a record deal and on purpose he'd be like i don't trust him fuck him yeah and that, that was it and that was it and that just kept happening until like they eventually got their first big le- label when he quit the band and when, like, that's when it happened <laughs> is when he wasn't there uh and then there's all kinds of drama that happened in between that um, we'll all we'll get into all that but uh yeah i just i just Ever be old bad brains at the ripe age of nine years old, uh, really kind of poetically, uh, in I was in Liverpool visiting family, which is where HR was born when I when I found them on Matt Hoppins Pro BMX. Hell yeah, hell yeah. They also had like Agent Orange on there. I had a bunch of other punk bands that I heard for the first time. But uh, I, I got into Agent Orange maybe when I was like eleven or twelve. I think eleven. But bad brains happened immediately. That's yeah. the one where like we heard the song Band in DC. And we're like, oh, we're all. We're all into this now. Yeah, like this, this is just what's gonna what it's gonna be like. Uh, and goddamn, I mean, I mean, even for like a few a few years, I thought I was like, man, I don't remember white guys sounding this cool. And I was <laughs> I was right. They, they never. It's true. They were definitely they never not sound that cool. Never did. But uh, yeah, so I've been a fan for a long time, and and uh, so many of these albums I deliberately didn't listen to because well. If you heard the podcast, you already know this. But if you haven't, I hate reggae. All right, I, I don't like reggae. I don't en- never really liked reggae, and I especially don't now. And there is, I mean, that is half of the band is is just reggae songs, and that's always what it's been. Yes, um, yeah, I think much like their punk rock songs. Well, no, that's not true. I was surprised by some things towards the end, and uh, I'll get into that. But, mm-hmm. but I I would agree they they probably lean into that too hard at a certain and that like is a certain point once again because of hr he got real into uh you know rastafarianism is that the right word rastafarianism but yeah um really involved in that and at various points many times he only wanted to play reggae and it was dr no and um and daryl who wanted to play rock and that mm-hmm. was it's just a constant point of contention and we got so as a result, we got a lot of reggae. <laughs> just, yes. just put it that way. But despite that, there is so much to say and so much to gush about. Uh, we might as well start a little bit from the history, which we got from our boy Tom Osman, who does all the history for us. Um, he's got one interview with Daryl Jennifer, bassist, uh, from 2021. One interview with Doctor No, aka what is it, Gary Miller, guitarist, and um, that's from 2022. And an interview with HR from 2018. And we're not gonna like read any excerpts from it, but I do absolutely have to highlight HR's interview with Mark Prindle from 2006. We've mentioned Mark Prindle in the past. He's a former record reviewer that introduced me to a lot of stuff, but uh, this interview with HR is the funniest and best interview that has ever existed. (laughs) It is unbelievable Uh, to give a, a brief synopsis. He gets HR's number or maybe like his manager or whatever from someone. So he calls it, um, but right, like we you know a few hours before one of their shows, the, the person who answers says, uh, does he know you're interviewing him? Um, and if he doesn't, you want me to tell him? And he's like, oh, I, I thought, 
I thought he knew. Oh, I don't know. So the guy, it's the person only on the phone. He's like, oh, okay. And you can hear them in the background, like telling yeah. them. Uh, and then he says, okay, um, well, if, uh, if you have any questions after the interview, call me back. And then uh, Mark's like, okay. And then the guy was like, you, you're probably going to want to call me back. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, um, okay. <laughs> so he fucking talked to him for like three minutes. <laughs> and within the first minute, HR puts him on hold for a minute and a half, answers none of his questions, asks him if he wants to be put on the guest list, and he's like, oh, I'm actually calling from a different state, yeah. and then hangs up on him. <laughs> it's the fucking greatest thing. It's so it's all, it's all in text, but he, you can really f- hear it, even yeah. though you're just reading it. It's such a great interview. Yeah. Uh, MarkPernal.com. Check that out. It's so fucking good. Uh, but anyway, okay, yeah, back to the, back to the band history. Yeah, uh, of course, the main, the main, main lineup, Dr. No, a.k.a. Gary Miller on guitars and some keyboards, Daryl Jennifer bass, um, Earl Hudson on drums, uh, the younger brother of HR, HR's Paul Hudson on vocals. And there will be a f- couple different drummers and a, a handful of different vocalists, but only recorded with one, only recorded with one. The others are kind of interesting. I mean, you, um, well, there's one name that stands out that we'll get to for sure, but uh overall they 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 broke up many times in but right now they're still touring damn i didn't know that it is crazy i mean it's it's kind of sporadic it's all based around hr's health and stuff and yeah whatever he's like comfortable with um but they they've been at it for the past couple decades it's crazy it's probably not great but i should just see them to see them that's what i thought too i was uh maybe 16 or 17 when i um, when like the opportunities, I was like, yeah. they're always playing, and I saw like some of the footage. I was like, man, it's just not the same. Like yeah. HR is just he's a different guy, and he's. I feel I just feel bad. Like no, yeah. like he's if he wants to do that, fucking cool. But I don't want to be like a part of anything where he's just <laughs> doing it because he needs the money or something like like because sure. clearly he's not the HR that was fucking going ape shit doing backflips. Sure, he's an old man now. It just oh man, it makes me sad. But um, I'm still glad he's alive and. Uh, seemingly healthy but so i know they started as a jazz fusion band which i said earlier yeah uh, called mind power mind power that was yeah so it was it was uh dr no and, and daryl jennifer who formed I, together right just them two i believe so i like that name it sounds almost like a, a super villain or dr no aren't it well, well that no, was, mind power oh mind power yeah. i was gonna say like Dell Jennifer is not a great super super villain. I'm surprised. No, he, no, he's not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was also surprised to learn they liked Mahavishnu, which like is this is a crazy band to me. So, uh, oh yeah, if anyone, it is a good band. Yeah, cites Mahavishnu as an influence. I'm always like, good sign. It's a good sign. Yes, hell yeah. The name Doctor No, which I actually never even knew where the name came from. I always just thought. Because there's also the band Doctor No spelled mm-hmm. exactly the same from Oxnard, and I assume I just assume they they took their name from this from Gary. I I thought I always thought Gary's was a play on the the James Bond movie. That's that's what it seemed like, but apparently he was actually going. He was going to go to college to be a doctor. He wanted mm-hmm. to be a doctor, uh, but he never he never finished his studies. He decided to go with music, and good for us because. Well, I like him. But, um, so according to, to our, our guy, Tom, he says, though it's been written that the guy started out as a jazz fusion band, Mind Power, that's more of a myth, according to Daryl. So someone update that Wikipedia entry Interesting. with more knowledge of the band. Fix that. So this is, this yeah, um, 
although, although they were quote unquote fluent uh, in jazz fusion, um, Daryl said they only actually had one jazz fusion song. So the mind power wasn't even jazz fusion. It was just whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. But Daryl was uh, introduced to the Ramones and the Damned. And because of that, because he was so good, because they were all so good, he didn't hear that as fast the way everyone else in the world heard it as fast, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty funny. Because, I mean, obviously, you go back to them now, they're not fast at all. But in the also, minds of, you know, 70s people. Also, yeah, if you have, like, any kind of background in jazz, there are some, like, blazing fast jazz songs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I could see how, like, if you're fluent in that, that you just hear it as yeah, yeah, exactly. something that sounds good. Um, apparently seeing the movie, the reggae movie Rockers was an, was an important thing, according to Daryl. says that they realized that their PMA, eh, that's a re- recurring theme here, positive yep. mental attitude. Uh, PMA lyrical things were actually Rastafari or Rastafari, Rastafari, I think is how you pronounce it. That's a safe bet. Safe bet. Um, as a result, uh, Bad Brains were, were U.S. reggae, says Daryl. Uh, you can't tell me one American reggae band besides this band. So for us, we're that band. Are, are they, honestly, and we're not counting Fuck It Sublime. Are they the only U.S. reggae band, I mean, at the time? At the time, yeah. Yeah, I think that I think that's fair to say. And it's kind of it's kind of crazy how white guys in the U.K., like the police were like hip to doing it. But like in America, it, yeah, I can't really think of an American band. Yeah, like I said it briefly, HR was born in Liverpool because his, his dad is part of the Air Force. Then they quickly moved to to DC after that. And that's where they, they grew up. Well, they also, I think um, when Earl and, and uh, HR were, were young, they uh, they spent like a year, maybe a little bit longer in Jamaica mm-hmm. growing up with like without their parents, like, like the mom just like, all right, I'm leaving. Dang, that's crazy. It is. According to HR, he said... Uh, they were leaving and he said to his mom, like, I don't want to go. I don't want to leave. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay, you could stay, but uh, I'm going to leave and I'll, I'll come back later. And he didn't think she was serious. And then she fucking took off. Mm, I see where he gets the mental illness from. <laughs> it was pretty rough. It's pretty. And even, even in the doc, he was like, that was, that was devastating. <laughs> that was, that was, it sucked. Uh, so this is according to HR. He says, I was born in Liverpool, England and raised in different parts of the U S my father was in the air force. And I spent most of my time in Washington, DC after the age of 16 and 79, the bad brains did our first New York show at CBGB's. We've been bouncing around playing music since 77 and doing backyard and basement parties at the house that we lived in on Bay way in Maryland. Uh, so the, yeah, they, they were well, like the biggest thing to come out of the DC scene. They weren't even really a part of the DC hardcore scene. Mm-hmm. Like they, I don't know where I, where I saw it, but it might be a quote later on in here where they talk about like, obviously minor threat stuff and like how they weren't even peers with them. Like they're from the same place, but they were already like older and detached and they were, they're moving around. So yeah, even, even like it never, it never really felt like bad brains were, were part of the DC scene. Yeah. Even um, like I've, I bought up on the minor thread and the, the Fugazi episode, like that, that go-go funk scene right. in DC, which impacted like um, minor threat. Like you don't hear the go-go scene at all in bad brains, like one song maybe, but mm. that's it. And yeah, it's on black dots. Like not once did I ever think like, Oh yeah, yeah. They were doing like the the Washington D.C. go go stuff. 
and yeah, and even even obviously they sound more like the hardcore stuff, but even then, like they weren't they were they're just nothing to do with them either. They're just bad brains. They're just bad brains. <laughs> it's it's crazy how they, even yeah, even though they were like beloved and, and respected and they influenced everybody, they were kind of on their own, it seemed like uh in a weird way. Uh, a couple other things that I that I learned that I, I'm excited to finally under to finally know where the name HR came came from, what mm-hmm. it means. Apparently it stood for hunting rod because you would carry around a fucking walking stick, like a like a hunting rod everywhere he went. That's imagine, yeah, this walking around the streets of DC seeing like a young HR with a uh, and not only that, he was like first of all, he was like a really charismatic dude, really good looking, mm-hmm. jacked, fucking shredded. Mm-hmm. Uh like really good with ladies, really athletic. Like he, um, I forgot where it was. It might've been in DC, honestly, where, um, I th- they wanted him to, to start like trying to practice for the Olympics for his diving. Cause he was like, mm-hmm. a really good diver, uh, obviously doing the backflips and all that shit. Uh, but I think his mom, um, said no, or that they were moving or something like that. But yeah, so it was just really like already eccentric dude who, who stood out yeah. and then you add that in with his his stage shit and it's like oh man wow uh, then of course later on um the hr started to stand for human rights mm-hmm. uh, for one of his reggae bands and then you know it's just a whole it's a whole rastafari thing where he's the human rights is like a recurring theme um so hr is hr and then also w- which I, I just learned most people just call him joe or joseph because of the whole it's more rastafarianism stuff where mm-hmm. Uh, he was born in February and February is the month of Joseph. So he started calling himself, you know, Israel Joseph, um, which is a coincidence because we got a singer named Israel Joseph. I, it's just very, it's all confusing. Guess who else wants to be called Joseph? Cause he was born in February. Now this guy. All right, Joe. Hey, no. Hey, no. Joey. <laughs> listen, listen, Joe. All right. <laughs> they released in 1980, the pay to come single. And that is, uh, of course, a very, you know, legendary single. And that is like the best version of that song, I feel mm-hmm. like. Um, and it was like the fastest thing around. I mean, it was it was 80. There was some fast stuff, but it was like, oh, shit. It was it was notably more aggressive mm-hmm. and faster. Like, again, it was that it was that single in middle classes out of vote that were like the fastest things out of 1980. Um, although middle class might have been earlier. Ah, you know what? I want to find out right now. Uh, no, out of vote was 79. Yeah. Holy shit. Out of vote Wait. did predate it. Wish uh, this a uh, nice short discography. Oh yeah, you know, middle class is a very, very brushed over band, even though they were hugely influential. But uh, that's kind of the East and West Coast thing all over again. They were mm-hmm. from you know Orange County, which is like big, big spot for for punk, and then DC was the other big spot for punk. Um, but in any case, we might as well start our long and lengthy and full of things discography. Let's do it. Hell yeah! So here we go, everybody. Finally. Finally, gonna start all together. They got nine albums. First one, uh, we're not coming. No, no EPs. We're not covering any EPs. There's a, like, a whole bunch of singles and a, there's a lot of compilations of old outtakes. Like obviously, Black Dots is one of the, the biggest ones, or the Omega Sessions or whatever. Uh, we're not covering any of that because it's a lot of repeats and it's just old versions of songs um, that we all get within the first couple albums. But main albums. First one came out in 1982. Last one, 2012. Enough dilly-dallying. I think it's time we, we jump into this shit. Hell I yeah. am ready. Hell yeah. So this is uh, 1982's self-titled or the Roar tape, whatever you want to call it. Turn up one. Yeah. Oh. 
legendary thing <laughs> yeah and obviously they're they're best i disagree 100 really it's a great album it's but it's it is also uh it is the most I, uh disrupted by the reggae songs in all of them i the it works it works for me on here i like the division of keeping them separate i think the reggae tracks come in at good times i think the complete opposite and the reason why the reason why it's worse for me here is because uh i hate every reggae song in this album i've always no, hated every reggae song in this album i just crazy hold on how are you to defend i love i jaw i love <laughs> it's I, fucking it's <laughs> i love ice spacey guitar solos on that like it's six minutes i don't care it's fucking I cannot get behind I Love My Jaw. It's actually one of my like top five least favorite reggae songs from them. Um, the I like the reggae on here because it's not Bob Marley reggae. It's more dub reggae. And then in hindsight, it's not the like cliche like dub reggae they would kind of lean on and use as a a support later in their career. That's just like the, I think it's just the genre that they, or mostly HR went in, especially with like his bands and stuff. Sure. But we'll get into that. But here, like these songs feel like unique to me where it's like, this is bad brains doing dub where the later stuff is just like, it's this dub. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't feel or hear any of that. I, what I hear is just the most boring fucking reggae songs I've ever heard. <laughs> no, the like, yeah, I think it's like some of their best reggae songs on here. So that and that is decidedly a line in the sand. Yeah. If you're fine with these reggae songs, this is probably your best. If you hate them. Like I do, this is an extremely uneven and badly paced album. The, it's, Even though the the all the songs in between are their actual best songs. Yeah, it's just yeah, they know to keep them separate, and then the punk stuff, like I was saying earlier, is just so unique and creative. It's a, it's it, unmatched. It's incredible. And yeah, it's so it's just like. I feel like after this, it's this this thing of like rehashing songs or doing something totally different which i i also like 
But then it's just like, this is an anomaly pretty much. How is how so? Just because is it because it's the first re- actual official release of these songs? Yeah, in that sense, and then like every album they do after this is just like there isn't another album like this. No, there isn't, and especially with the way it sounds, it has a pretty rough kind of muffled production that has become almost iconic. Like mm-hmm. the, the way the songs sound, and. A lot of these songs are. This is like the optimal version of a lot of them. Not all of them. I don't. I don't think all of them. Oh, but I'm excited to hear this. Like this version of Sailing On is, is like you can't fuck with this version of Sailing mm-hmm. On. You can't fuck with this version of Band C. It's like it's something truly perfect about this also, version of it. Also, this version of FVK. Um I, I think I like the other version better. Oh, well, there's, sure. there's technically I, two other versions, but I like this one the best. I like it. I like it. Also, FVK. Fantastic song. It's one of the first songs to show off a little bit more intricate guitar work. Like um, totally different. You're not going to hear guitars like that in any in any hardcore. Part, yeah, band. it's very rare. But also, that chorus. Let's not pretend that's not. Uh, it's not just "Let's Groove" by Earth, Wind, and Fire. I'm going to pretend it's up. <laughs> I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. Dun 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 dun. Come on, come on. I don't care. I don't care. It's fantastic. No, I didn't yeah, say it was yeah. bad. It's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. In fact, Let's Groove is fucking awesome. Well, Hell yeah, it is. Pull that some bitch. Let's Groove? Oh, shit. No, no, no. I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> It's a cool main riff. And, like, he, I don't feel like he goes back to that guitar tone for any other song. Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of chorus on it. Sometimes you do, like, there's a lot of chorus on some other stuff, but it doesn't sound like this. I love his voice so much. Yeah, that's my favorite version of the song. It's the same exact note. Let's group. But uh, I like the other version more because um, I think it just it ranks up the the chaos and, and intensity more. Mm-hmm. But. Um, what was I saying? Uh, so this album was released um, on Roar, which is a, a cassette-only label, and that's how it was. You know, that's how everybody got it. It was just the the yellow tape. Mm-hmm. I think that's another thing they called it. It's another name it went by um, because it fucking blew minds. But uh, every hardcore song on this album is one of the best hardcore songs ever made. There you go. Just simply put, like the if you're in the mood, if if you hate the reggae songs. And you're in the mood to skip songs. This is fantastic. If you're gonna sit through all of it and you don't like reggae, it is insanely badly paced. It is insanely. I mean, it's disruptively paced. I uh, yeah, I totally totally disagree. The the back and forth works for me. I think the back and forth can work, and they have made it work before. But it it always feels like they never settled on a formula for it. it not even not to really. the very even yeah. to the very end. It's like. Uh, there's, they didn't really ever like, okay, we're going to do three songs in a reggae and then, and then two songs in a reggae. It's always like, ah, this album, we're going to put fucking three reggae songs in a row. And this one, there's going to be one in the entire album. Yeah. It's like, it's always seems kind of random, but which is, I guess is not a bad thing, but, uh, so this also has, I mean, a ton of their most famous, songs. everyone, every, every song that people know from Bad Brains is pulled, not just from this, but this version, including Attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is the best version of Attitude as well. 
And then, well, yeah, maybe I, I I jump back and forth, but uh, probably most people's first introduction to PMA on that. On oh that yeah, song. yep, yep. Um, I like how Big Takeover starts off the same as a Pink Floyd song. I always thought that was which one funny. Oh, Astronomy Domini. There we go. Oh, that's right. Uh, it's almost identical. Uh, yeah, Astron- Astronomy Domini. Whereas the dun 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 dun. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Um, Big Takeover is one of the best songs, I uh, easily by far. Um, this is my favorite version and, of it, and I don't like it this late in an album because of how intense it is and how. But then again, I also this album is just kind of special in its own way. Like you don't want it, it to start with anything but sailing on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you, you talked about it earlier, but like band in dc is one of those songs where like as an adult i'm just like that's almost it's like prog rock punk they they do so many things in that song it's a perfect song it is is a coveted perfect song where there's plenty of really brilliantly written and concise and no fat on it punk songs Mm -hmm. but that one from start to finish is perfect it's 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 absolutely brilliant and yeah it's after several decades i still am not tired of that song um one thing that kind of bothers me uh that basically every one of these songs most of these songs um gets re-recorded at some point or another it's very obnoxious but what bothers me isn't isn't that so much um like all the reggae songs don't get re-recorded but out of all the songs, there's only one. There's only one hardcore song on this album that doesn't return later, and it's one of the best on the fucking album, and that is the Regulator. It blows my mind that that one didn't get the same treatment as all the oh, other. Yeah. I mean, it's so good, <laughs> and it's like 50 seconds long. It's yeah. so goddamn good. Yeah, it's it's goddamn blasphemy. <laughs> I, how? Oh god! And it, or maybe it's just that good that it couldn't be. It couldn't be, be replicated. Couldn't be touched. Maybe it couldn't be super touched, but. And it's also track four, and in the like the first five tracks, it's like the best paced thing ever. And then Jock Kong comes on, and I'm like, oh, goddamn. <laughs> I like I, one thing I will say, another reason why I like these reggae songs is because at this point in time, HR isn't doing the forced Jamaican accent. We've covered plenty of artists who don't have Jamaican accents, but the second they do a reggae song, all of a sudden, I, I that's a terrible Jamaican. That was, yeah, that was wild. But, that uh, was more Chinese than Jamaican, honestly. Uh, what's the uh, difference? I don't, I, I don't know what's going on there, but uh, yeah. So I think that's another reason I like it, and what makes it unique is like he's not trying to to put the accent. I never on. felt that he was ever trying to put the accent on. Um, maybe in in the, the actual reggae songs for sure, which is literally just your point again but uh in the hardcore songs i never felt like he was no 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 you, you, just, you, oh, you mean the reggae specifically songs. yeah ah, specifically the reggae that songs. makes sense you know i never thought about that that's interesting yeah it's one of the few examples of a singer just not forcing the the accent on the that genre of music well he did have an accent or does have an accent and that's that's why mosh is a word because they he was he was saying mash it up but they everyone heard it as mosh it up. Yeah. And that's what's why moshing is the word. Um, so he does have an accent, but um, I will agree that it is more pr- pronounced on the reggae songs <laughs> later on. Uh, it never feels like 
I don't know, like like Sting. You know? No, no. <laughs> like that fucking or, or Bradley. Bradley, no. no. And the association with Sublime with this band is also more like Bradley, no. Yeah, I was I was worse than my Jamaican ex in that joke. Oh yeah. <laughs> but there was like I mean, HR played with Sublime in the LB. D A L B A B L B L B something. Probably somewhere in Long Beach. Let's just call it Long Beach. Call it a day. I think it's L B D A. Long Beach something all stars or something like that. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, he sang with them for sometime in the nineties. So they were heavily associated. And <laughs> Sublime also covered House of Suffering from later album. Uh, of course they did. Of course they did. But so on here is they have this version of Pay to Come, which is not the single version, obviously. It's a very different, it's a much more chaotic, faster hardcore version um so our, our boy tom said trucks like pay to come became so fast according to daryl because of young bands that would open for bad brains trying to be faster than them uh daryl says uh, it was really slow at first but by the time it got popular it was moving a mile a minute uh, <laughs> i mean you you can't not to top the do- top dogs dude no, no especially when they can actually play like they're yeah. a lot better than you like technically yeah you don't stand a chance uh this this is kind of what i was saying earlier about them in, in the the hardcore dc scene um tom said uh though the band was hugely influential in the hardcore dc scene the band quickly found themselves to be spiritually distanced from the bands they were influencing uh, daryl says I wasn't living it. That's why I don't know a lot of music from a lot of my peers, like Ian Mackay from Minor Threat and Fugazi and all that stuff. I don't know their music because I came after I stopped being on the scene. Uh, and yeah, you can kind of hear it. It doesn't yeah. really feel like DC hardcore. DC hardcore has kind of feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, at least the early stuff. I don't, I'm not, I never really got so much into the later stuff, but <clears throat> yeah. Uh, legendary album. It's the one that you see every cool person in LA wearing a t-shirt of. Uh, I miss every cool person. I don't know. Regardless of where you're from. I put cool in quotation marks. Yeah. uh, Because it's people that, you know, they don't fucking know the bad. God damn it. I saw uh, the other day, I saw like a child wearing a Nirvana shirt. Yeah. And I was just like. Well, Kirk Cobain died for a reason. That's (laughs) that's why he died. I'm not saying that kid didn't like Nirvana. It was just like. I liked Nirvana at a young age, but if I saw a kid. If I saw me wearing that shirt as a kid, I'd be like, get the f- what the fuck are you doing, kid? <laughs> it's just a surreal experience. I'm going to leave it at that. It's odd. It's odd. Uh, I mean, it's 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 no longer extreme. That's what happens when things no. become accepted. Nirvana was extreme at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Or I maybe not extreme extreme, but extreme enough. Um, not not so much anymore. I mean, Guns N' Roses shirts are sold at kiosks at, at strip malls, you know? like I got a lot of feelings about Guns N' Roses. I don't. The, the, I have very few feelings about them. Honestly. They're not They're not good. Uh, yeah, I'm not a huge fan. Uh, the, the classic stuff is fine, but, you know, that's a it's time for a different day. That's a time for a different day. That's what, what I just you said. You are this tongue-tied Fucking today. who cares, dude? We're listening to reggae <laughs> today, all right? We're doing all dub. Openly reggae today. Hell yeah. So, uh, Alex's Best. And uh, of course, it's a it's a very it's an important album. You have to hear it. I mean, you probably heard some of it. Uh, and if you like reggae, if you like dub reggae, you probably won't hate those tracks as much as me, and you probably won't be skipping around as much as I do. It's this mic, really? I don't know. I don't think so. A lot <laughs> of people feel the fucking same. It's do a they? really disruptive pacing of this album. They're really not great reggae songs. 
This is better. news to me. Uh, this is news to me. I think I think so. You can feel free to prove me wrong. I don't don't it's cool. Just go ahead. Let Mike know in the comments. Go ahead. Go ahead. Breaking news. Manscaped is now selling beard products. That's right. They are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and using code EAE for 20% off and free shipping. Now, personally, I can't grow a beard. All right. It's just the way it is. I have no control over that. It's the way God fucked me up. But Alex does have a beard, and I'm sure many of you do as well, considering that most of our listeners are overweight, bearded men. That's probably presumptuous. But I'm how, how wrong am I? Honestly, how, you, you got a fucking beard. It's time to tame your mane. No one likes a weird beard. Ah, well, not entirely true. Dave Navarro's got some weird fucking facial hair, right? Go check out that Jane's Addiction episode. So say goodbye to all your stubble trouble with Manscaped's Pro Beard Kit. It all starts with the Beard Hedger. This thing is a juggernaut of fixing faces. Well, you know, as much as it can be. What you got is what you got. If you got a fucked up face, a beard can really, really help. And this is going to help your beard. First off, this cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths all with one guard. So no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. That's right. Face grooming doesn't need to be hard. Get 20 different beard lengths in just one guard. That's actually insanely convenient. That's a lot of lengths. I might just use this fucking thing on my balls. Plus, it's waterproof, so you can shave in the shower to avoid all that hair in the sink. I'm sure you've had plenty of practice with shaving your nuts in there, too. The titanium-coated T-blade is tough on hair, but smooth on your face, leading to single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. Ayo. Pro Kit doesn't end there, though. They have crafted four dermatologist-tested formulations for your post-trim care. Post-trim care. First, there's the beard shampoo and conditioner. You need to remember all your hair is different. Okay. Your beard hair is more coarse and easier to damage than the hair on your head. That's why the kit has made shampoo and conditioner specially designed to moisturize, reduce ingrown hairs, replace natural oils, and promote beard health. Next, the kit has Manscaped's beard oil, an essential piece for your main facial accessory. No one wants a guy whose beard is, is brittle and dry or patchy. The oil relieves dryness both on the beard and the skin beneath while adding a little shimmer and shine, making you look extra fine. Cap off the kit with a beard balm, a pomade that shapes, styles, moisturizes, and tames for a sculpted look to attract any fallows or dames. The Pro Beard Kit also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. So get 20% off and free shipping with code EAE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code EAE. Manscaped, Beard Hedger, One Stroke, One Guard, 20 lengths. That's a whole bunch of shit for your face. Do it, get it. And by the way, if you don't got a beard, just like me, old clean shaving mic, then fuck with the Lawnmower 4.0 and shave your balls, all right? Let's just get it in there, all right? Okay, all right, back to the show. Uh, but we got plenty more, plenty more, plenty more. Yes, let's and this, do it. this next one is their their first like uh, album album. They've, they, it was, they got fucking Rick Ocasek from the cars to be a part of this and produce this. And there's a lot of confusion with this there are two different versions most people don't know this i don't think um you didn't you didn't know that this right i okay i did know it i remember my friends telling me when i was younger but i hadn't revisited in so long that 
at the time I thought it was this a track order issue. Then you informed me and we'll get into it. There's a there's a huge <laughs> problem with this next album. There's two different versions. Uh one that was obviously released in 1983 and then there's the one that was remixed in 1993 by Rick Ocasek and Daryl Jennifer. So it's like the main dude, the original dudes mm-hmm. came in and fucked it up. They fucking George Lucas it. It's insane. And I have so many mixed feelings about how it all came out. But the point is, um, the main version you'll find on streaming is the 1993 remix. The AKA special edition. The special edition. It's the version you'll get on CD. It's, it's every reissue. It is the only version you can find, basically. They, they've never, like, put out the... Original. They locked it in, like, the Disney vault. Pretty much. And the original, which is v- really, really different... Um, that one, uh, you could find it on Bad Brain's official YouTube channel. They have a playlist. I, I would think if it's on there. I don't I know. Feel like they should. Re- I don't know what the actual tech or yeah. the legalities of it. I don't know yeah. who owns the rights or if they literally can't reissue it. I don't know what the deal is, but it's we're going to get into it's it. It's on their YouTube channel, except one track is fucked up on their playlist. I think it's the, the, the Meek is fucked up. So y- you still have to seek out like. Mm-hmm. Of the real version, real version of that song. You got to search around. It's a pain in the ass. But right now we're going to play the opening track from the original 1983 version. Uh, this is 1983's Rock for Light. I hate that these songs are like... Kind of in this mess of like a release because there are some like there's some of the best songs 100 yeah and this section alone it's also even the, this is the better produced uh, version and this production is not great. You know, I do, as much as I love this song, I don't love it as an opener. It, <laughs> maybe they got that right on the, one of the few things they got right. So, the, well, so that's moving that around. So that's the opener for the original, and then in the re the remix, they open with a different song. Mm-hmm. The best opener for this album, and they did nail this. And let's uh, and that, that is big takeover. Already, this is how you open an album. It's like the song was made to be an opener. Yeah. Pink Floyd knew that. They they sure did. Sid Barrett, also schizophrenic. There you go. This is one of the best punk songs of all fucking time. Oh my god! Ever get tired of these songs. If it hasn't happened by now, I don't no, think it'll ever happen. You will. 
Yeah. All right. I'm just going to end up fucking not wanting to turn it off. So best. And there, this is such a crazy complicated best. And simply put between the two versions, which I'll talk about all the fucking intricacies of the differences and all that. There is no better collection of all of their best songs ever on one package than this. Hands down. Every I, one of their great songs is on here. I this I don't like certain versions that we heard. I get that. 100%. Before. I get that. So so there's, I, a, there's a whole bunch. Of, so there's okay. several reasons I, I gave, gave this best. So the main difference is the biggest fucking difference. The 1993 remix, it is <laughs> in addition to it being drowned in reverb and the bass completely neutered and cut out, which is weird because Daryl Jennifer mm. was one of the guys who worked on it. Uh, it is sped up, artificially sped up and raised a half pitch. The entire album is raised a half pitch. What's that? A half, pitch, a half step in pitch is raised a half step and it's sped up. So HR sounds even crazier and weirdly like weaselly in some spots. Yeah. Everything I, is way too fast in some areas. Some songs are just too fast. It sounds weird. I'm I'm willing to bet the average listener won't notice, but there is because I listen to both versions. Yeah. There is like to me, I could feel like it feels artificial to me. It's it feels wrong. Anybody who's heard the original and then heard this one or the the reissue, um, it's like, oh yeah, it's it's there's no question. The original sounds so much better. And it does. It sounds infinitely better. It sounds so much better. It's ridiculous. However, the, re- the reissue has this insanely better track listing. It is paced fucking amazingly. Mm-hmm. And it adds uh, the original the original version doesn't have this has have the songs I or um Super Touch. Okay. And the reissue threw them on there. I guess they were recorded for the session, but just not included on the album. Yeah. And both of those songs were on the first album, of course, mm-hmm. but they're two incredible songs, especially I, I is one of the fucking best bad brain songs ever. It's and the, dirty. It's filthy. It's, it's great. So good. And the fact that it was left off of the original is kind of fucking ridiculous. I don't, I don't even understand it, but it's on the reissue. So while the reissue sounds weird and bad, it's fucking incredible. It, like opening it with the big takeover is already, you're already on my good side. Yeah. But real quick. Uh-huh. Did they put put out the original in 2021? Did they? Well, look at that. Well, where is it then? Because we couldn't find it streaming. You know what? Let's look for it right now. So the original version is not streaming, but you can purchase the vinyl from Bad Brains. Is that how they did it? Yeah. Holy shit. So in 2021, they, they started doing that. Yes. So that's fucking cool, but also like... Now what I really it, feel like there's some make iffiness. It streaming. Well, there might be some iffiness there. Like, how how regulated is that? Like, is that is that all in the up and up? <laughs> like, I mean, it's from their official website. You no, know I mean, like, can they be doing that legally? That's what I'm curious about. I mean, I guess so. Because that's interesting to, for them to only sell it. That's it. That's inter- that's interesting. I did not know that. Well, I mean, it's available ish. It's not digitally available, but um, it's you can around. get it. You can yeah. get it, but. So I was talking about how the how the remaster has this I, I feel like basically untouched pacing in track listing. Um it is so in, in addition to Super Touch and I, they also add um jam, 
which is an instrumental, a short instrumental reggae, reggae piece. Um, not only do I like it a lot, I damn near love it. And it's a great closer. I think it's a, actually a better closer than at the movies, even mm-hmm. though I do love the song a lot. The, the, one of the biggest reasons why I, I fucking love this pacing and I love the, this track listing. They somehow, according to my tastes in my hating reggae brain, mm-hmm. they ordered, not only does this have like some of their unquestionably their best reggae songs on here, they ordered them on the track listing from best to worst. I and I survive. <laughs> not only is it, not only do I feel it is their best reggae song, I love it. I oh, fucking fuck. I, it's been one of my favorite maybe songs of all time since I was a kid. God I damn. love I and I Survive. And then the Meek, it it fucking grew on me. It finally mm-hmm. grew on, or the Meek Shall Inherit the Earth, whatever version mm-hmm. you want to call it. Um, it finally grew on me. No, and it's that's legitimately. It's a fucking very nice song. Yeah. And then Rally Round Jawthrone is one of the worst, and I fucking I hate absolutely it. hate it. I hate it. It's. <laughs> It's too long. It's so long. It's a hilarious song title. But uh, yeah, I I agree with that. That one's rough. And it, even though it has a really kind of unhinged vocal performance, and I <laughs> kind of like what he's doing vocally, he's just going apeshit. The song, I can't stand the fucking song. Um, but that's also track 15. It's already deep in the album. There's mm-hmm. already been literally 14 of their best fucking songs before that. And, and then after that, I mean, you're, you're closing it with another five of their greatest songs. Like everything on here is like the the best thing they've ever done. Uh, and it it's not like, uh, and I'm, again, I'm talking about the reissue. These aren't the best versions by any means. Like uh, this version of Band DC, the remastered version is the worst version of it for sure. Uh, it's the same with Attitude. Um, it's the worst version of it. Um, but other ones like... Um, like like well, I is kind of kind of wonky. I do like the original more, but it's still a good version. Uh, this version of Big Takeover is fucking phenomenal. Oh, fuck, where's my train of thought? I lost it. God damn it. <laughs> well, I'm gonna say yeah. Go the original songs, the songs we're hearing for like the first time here. Oh yeah, the on this album are great. Which ones have we got? We got Joshua's song. We got Joshua's song. Obviously, the title track. I and I survive. Right. Yeah. All the, the reggae songs, the uh, Meek, uh, Coptic Time, Coptic Time's Right Squad, t- Title we will, Track, We Will Not Hello Kind of Punk It. A lot of at really the, at a, the movies, like they're all those incredible. are great. Those yeah. are great, but I just can't with the like rehashing of songs, especially I, when I don't like. I don't care for these versions as much. And so, you know what's funny? This is a uh, your your reason for not liking this one is the complete opposite of your argument for septic death and and our, our, oh yeah basically we just flip stances the yeah. same reason you you gave i think their 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 first or their second record but that the like best. that's the same reason i'm giving this one that like covered everything though this like, covered fucking everything but they're different versions the different versions so are those this this doesn't have everything from the, the only thing it doesn't have is is uh the regulator it has everything else. That's that's why it's a, I, I feel it's no question. Like uh, it has no. everything. It has these, these songs don't hit the same. Oh, I feel like they do. Well, they the don't, original they don't. the original songs do for sure. I I like the original songs a lot on here. Obviously, if you like that first album, this is a like must listen for sure. But it's it's also like bittersweet because if it was the production of the original version with the track listing of the reissue. 
I, mean, I would still give it best, but I would be way more enthusiastic about it. Oh, for sure. Like it, that's a, it's a whole different story. It'd be, it'd be perfect, but it's it's not perfect. Life isn't perfect. Things get messy. They fuck up the fucking sound quality of it for some reason. They remove songs of the original. It's just it's messy. So combining both versions, you get one album that has everything, but with a bunch of asterisks next to it. Uh, but having said that, there is one exception. One song exception, and that, is, of course, is I and I Survive. I think the reissue version actually sounds way better than the original. Oh, shit. Okay. And I was, I, I didn't even want to believe it. I, could, I couldn't believe how much better it sounds. <laughs> like, the original sounds like a standard dub reggae song. The reissue um, really highlights the piano in the song, and it becomes, it's still a reggae song, of course, but it, it feels way more uh, ballady. Yes. Uh, and it's, it's beautiful. I think it's a great track five song like it it slows it down at the perfect pace and then of course it follows it up with bandy c which is if you want to bring the energy back up after slowing things down that is the song to do it um i don't know i fucking love it and and i I, of course i've heard the reissue way 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 more times growing up because that's the only version i knew existed Mm -hmm. Uh, so i am a bit partial to like this this track listing in general but the original the original version is also very good um and of course, it sounds way better. It doesn't. It, it just HR's vocal performance on the original version of this album, I think, is probably my favorite of his. Period. Mm-hmm. It's like the perfect level of intensity and song singiness of it, which is mm-hmm. not even a word. And then the speed, like the speed is perfect. It's it's way faster than than the first album, but it's not artificially fast like the fucking remix. Ugh. It's like perfect. It, it's it exactly encapsulates this this you know right before they broke up for the first time like yeah. this perfect era of them um uh, but it's not it's just the execution is just all fucked up either way it's still the fucking best still the fucking best oh god damn i love it i wasn't expecting that but uh to go a little bit into the more of the backstory because we have apparently we we only like talking for hours at a time on this podcast um I think Dr. No said that uh, the beautiful thing uh, when he, when he, in terms of working with Rico Kasich on this one, he said the beautiful thing about us is that we didn't have to really follow a format or anything. We just did what we did. And Rick didn't try to change us. He just told us to be ourselves and to do what we did best. He died on my birthday. He's a beautiful soul. I miss him. God, oh, man. Damn, that's fucking sad. Oh, damn. What a beautiful bromance between I, those two. I know. Uh, Rico Kasich would record one more album of theirs later mm-hmm. on and i've learned that i don't like his production style there you go i i mean the like songs on here i don't like the way they sound compared to the way they sound on the first album the first so. one had this weird charm to it because it didn't sound good you can't call that good production no but there's a lot of character that i feel like it's stripped away yeah there's way more character in it it's, it's a it was a very interesting mix no other album sounds like that album uh this one i think overall i could say generally um that first album has the quality and the character like you just said of the songs and it sounds way better. The performances on rock for light, I think are unmatched. Like mm. the way they went in there and played those songs is significantly better, uh, way tighter, way faster, way more just intense overall. And it was, especially HR, especially HR, man, like motherfucker delivers on that album. God damn. Um, but they broke up. Uh, and w- oh, the reason here, I think, uh, I forgot. 
You know, I forgot. <laughs> There's just a million fucking reasons. It's just HR being HR. Sure. For the, I think chalk it's it up to that. safe to say it's usually HR doing that. Um, but he started putting out solo records around this time um, as human rights. Mm-hmm. He had his own band. And he, of course, it's all very, very reggae. And uh, they they got back together. And uh, I, f- I forget the, the the actual details of, of why, but I think they were or, or who did it rather someone i said someone said can you guys play this show they offered them a show hr decided to 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 be on board and then in preparation for the show they wrote this next album <laughs> that is fucking nuts absolutely crazy and well there's plenty to talk about this is still an album that people like to talk about and we well, we, we go and talk about it hell yeah hell yeah so this is 1986's eye against eye you gotta put the intro because it's not even an intro it's basically a song also it's kind of misleading but whatever it's there in the beginning it's it's pretty metal but there is some metal stuff on this album yeah when i was introduced to this album it it was like pitched to me as like bad brains metal album but i I think it does a, a lot of interesting things, but I don't know metal. Is. It is metal, but is it? It's an oversimplification. Yeah. Because I don't know any metal bands that sound like this. Like, never mind metal. I don't know. Because in, in '86, this is like thrash era. Yeah. And this is not thrash. No, no, no metal band was doing this. It at times has more in common with like The Cure. I, oh, I in cer- couple, I couple spots. And even that's stretching a little bit. So this song is actually an old Bad Brain song. I guess this song went way back. And they finally recorded it. Yep. Which is why this song is so unusual compared to the rest. And it is. It's so much punkier than the rest. Also faster. Oh, I love this. Love his voice in this song. Awesome. I want to get to his fucking vocal performance on this next album. Oh, oh, so good. So good. The song changes yet again. Uh, we're gonna listen to the whole fucking song because that that is just like a, a, a rare song in their entire discography because it just goes from section to section mm. and it doesn't repeat anything. Yeah, personal favorite. Personal favorite. Yeah. Um, I'm ashamed to admit this. Like, I I listened to it when I was younger and I've neglected it. I haven't listened to it in a long time, and I feel so stupid because now, like. It's just, it feels so unique. Yeah. And it, it hits differently as an adult. And I 
don't think younger me could have appreciated it. Like if you're you're here for like speed and anger, like this isn't exactly it. But if you want to get on board for some like interesting 80s production, it is certainly produced like the 80s. Yeah, yeah. and a band that's making some bold choices that I think for the most part pays off. Yeah. Like this is it's so weird. Like they just again, and they would never make an album like this. It's like they just do the one thing and then it's over. It's over. Uh, so I didn't even mention at the top. Uh, I mentioned that I, that I love HR, but I didn't really mention how much I love HR. Like he's literally one of my top five favorite singers of all time. Like I, oh, I, damn. I I've loved HR since I was a kid. He's been yeah. like my favorite singer since forever. Yeah. And a lot of it is because of this album. Um, this is my favorite growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have so much fondness for these songs, even though a lot of it I think is is date is a little dated. A lot of eighties hard rockness and, and metal to it. I think the like resurgence of some like eighties and synth type music has kind of retroactively made this not o- quite as not quite as dorky for sure. Yeah, because I remember that was my thoughts about some of the songs when I was younger and I would listen to it. I thought it was fine, but I didn't have this like fondness that I do now where I'm just like, God damn, I like really admire like the choices they did. Even, even if for someone personally, it didn't pay off. Like I just think it's a bold, a bold album. It's an, and there's really few like it. Like, um, when I, when I first heard, cause like, I guess the closest thing you can compare it to is like living color. And oh, li- right. Yeah. Living color doesn't sound like this. No, no, no. Otherwise I'd be a much bigger living color fan. I bet living color has some good ass songs. Yeah, but, for sure. For yeah. sure. But very different thing. Um, the, the first time I heard these songs, like wasn't even on this album. It was the, their live album that came out maybe the following year mm-hmm. or maybe it was 85 that it came out. It's just called live. I believe. I I got that because my brother like threw it at me and he said buy this or something like that. Yeah. I, you know, I was, I was pretty young, and uh, I'd never heard and a bunch of these songs were on there. Like most of these songs were on it, and I obviously only heard the early stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I've never heard any. Like these are fucking amazing. This isn't something like Bad Brains, but it's like it's kind of a new band, basically a new band. So when I finally got my hands on the actual album, this was all I listened to for yeah. a long. Like I'm I'm gonna say maybe sixth and seventh grade maybe seventh grade mm-hmm. i would i would have my my fucking cd player my walkman and in school i would just be bumping this like every fucking day mm-hmm. and even though i gushed all about the 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 pacing of the reissue of rock for light i think this is their actual best paced album i agree i only have issues with one song i only have one issues with one song as well which which one's that the last one. The last one. Return to heaven. It's the only song I don't and like. You could just yeah. turn it off. Yeah. And you're done. And you're done. And you're done. <laughs> We're just in agreement. Dude, <laughs> this album is fucking like really the the way it, it balances the the speed and intensity with legit like full ass ballads. Mm, yeah. is, it's so well done. Not to mention the most important point out of the entire the entirety of this album. This is the only album without any reggae on it. Oh yeah. The yeah. only one. Um what were talking about the vocals and the sound of this like i listened to sacred love and i'm just like man they're like leaning into those flanger vocals but it like works not quite flanger vocals (laughs) 
And I looked it up and it made me love the song even more. As you should. Yeah. Uh, recorded while HR was in prison. So it's him yep. doing it over the phone. Over the phone. And it just, I don't, I don't know. It's just a fucking doper song for it's some a, reason. It's a better song. It feels way more like, uh, like a, like a fucked up relationship kind of thing. It does. Yeah. Cause he's literally calling from jail, but uh, this was, this album was along with the next one was, was produced by Ron St. Germain and he was, it was his idea to do that. Like it wasn't even HR's idea. Like, yeah. He, he got, um, it was Br- right. Brilliant, brilliant move. Brilliant move. So they started recording this, uh, HR got in trouble after the recording of this. Like they were already in the middle of it. He gets, in, I, at a certain point I'm like, he gets in trouble a lot. He I don't need to. Lots of trouble. This time was for uh, distributing weed, which isn't even a crime in a lot of states these days. Nor so. should it fucking ever be. But no. also, but also, right. I th- uh, at least according to them and according to the doc I watched, um, it seemed a little bit foul. And I and I, I'm gonna go ahead and take the side of the two brothers on this one mm-hmm. instead of the police because it seems like uh, a little bit of a fuckery was done by the cops. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. it was also the time period for it. It was perfect time period for it, like '80s. Two black guys. Fuck it, we're gonna pin everything on them. Um, yeah, I'm a uh, you know, I'm a uh, a white man who's almost 36. I'm not a narc, so I'm gonna go with bad brains. On go this with bad. I think the, so. I think the story was um, they found some of his shit. I think under receipt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was Earl's car, the his brother's car. So Earl had to go to jail too because it was his car. Mm-hmm. Um, but they found something under a seat and then in court they lied and said it was way more and that they found it like under the, uh, the e-brake or something so they, they the, he did he definitely did something wrong but they mm-hmm. fucking they fluffed it up yeah and made it bigger than it was so that happened after they're already recording this and then he tells uh ron ron st germain he's like oh yeah i'd love to record this but uh i gotta go to jail tomorrow <laughs> 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 <They're> like, what <laughs> so then they, they fucking set it up to where you can record it in jail i don't think oh, hr man. i don't think he wanted to do it but i mean you gotta do what you gotta do just for that i mean i love that it's just for one song i think yeah. like a whole album it would be too gimmicky but yeah, that, for sure. that one song it yeah. fucking works not to mention the song comes on at a great point in the album yes it's, it's fucking awesome so let's start talking about uh, some of these songs because there, there uh, aren't a lot of songs on here house of suffering fuck fucks, yeah fucks it's this it's great it's unique it's always stuck in my head it's a very it's a, you get the the 80s production yeah yeah it's a seemingly kind of generic main riff except it's uh i don't know what what kind of fucking it's seemingly like a, a kind of generic main riff but it does so many weird proggy turns mm-hmm. like uh, after like the, the second course or something, or maybe it's the first course instead of going right back into the verse, it does this weird dun, 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 dun. Like it just, it gets just thrown in there yeah. just to make it interesting. Uh, not to mention one of HR's fucking greatest performances on that mm-hmm. song. Just incredible. It, uh, Reignition, another one of their fucking best songs it's ever. It's the remix to Ignition. Oh no. Um, that's a different song. Um, <laughs> it could fool me. So the same thing. Okay, I'm just gonna do a little nitpick here. I do like the like soft vocals with like the heavy guitar and drums, but I feel like if that snare just had a little bit more of like a pop, this production like, isn't that great. So for the, I'll say for the drums, because like, man, I was like, oh man, if that's same song, exact same song. 
but if the drums sounded like helmet drums, oh, oh. helmet drums are pretty, yeah, pretty snappy. Um, about this production, the the main, I mean, the fucking glaring thing is like the reverb all over everything, which which was on the last album too. But here it feels more eighties. It feels more of the time. Yeah, and also HR's voice, I think, is is mixed way too loud even though he mm. sounds awesome and if he didn't sound awesome it would be a much bigger problem sure but it is like really distracting when he's like Gah! and it's just louder than everything <laughs> it's it's so cool though how like we have these like little nitpicks and we're like but in spite of all that so good because the songwriting is so fucking good so the the the, the goof the goofiness comes from the, the middle chunk of the album and it starts out with secret 77 which is I, what, what the fuck what i don't think that's goofy i like you know what i mean like in terms well, of not only have they not done anything like that before or after or after yeah what the fuck you even call that it's like this weird that's like, the song nighttime driving funky stuff that's the song where i'm like all right were you listening to the cure fair enough it's, yeah it's fucking very cool uh let me help is I think is super underrated, mm-hmm. super fucking underrated. Um, pretty short. It's on the it's on the punkier side, but of course not nearly as speedy as the stuff before us. But um, and then fucking elephant in the room. She's calling you now. <laughs> she's calling you is a song that I loved so much growing up for for some reason. And then as I became like a, a little bit older, a young adult, like man, this song is super fucking stupid and goofy and, and dorky. Yeah. And now like. That's cool. It's That's fun. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I dig it. And that's where you get the little bit of the, the ballad stuff. Um, it's ballad. It's super dancey. Very dancey. And then it's so funny. Like you look at the song titles. You're like hired gun. We'll get out of the ballad stuff. But not to, quite. Not quite. Um, I don't. I don't love the vocals on that song, but when that song gets dre- <laughs> when it gets real dreamy, that's that's when that song shines. The the intro riff, which it, it returns to that riff a lot, very dreamy, super melancholy. Abs- you know, put put on just the intro. It's absolutely beautiful, is because it's not just the guitar. It, it, it's uh, the bass is harmonizing with it in a very interesting way. Very eighties, yeah. <laughs> You guys listen to Talk Talk today? Ah. Not anymore. So, yeah, it's uh, it's probably one of the weaker songs, but it definitely has some great moments like that one. Also, is it that one? It is Hired Gun. Around halfway, the solo section goes full Van Halen. Yeah. (laughs) I I fucking kind of like it. Yeah, yeah. There's this definitely more. uh, I don't even want to say heavy. It's, it's it's heavy but it's not, it's like punk heavy it's not it's not metal heavy no no it's just it's own like we uh, i'm a broken record it's it's fucking own thing like everything else they do yeah and because like arguably the heaviest song is reignition and it doesn't mm-hmm. really it's not like chunky or it doesn't really it's not really heavy heavy no yeah you get you get the title track and and uh track four and and that's it the rest is just like yeah yeah kind of on this like journey of of heartache it feels like it's beautiful it's fucking beautiful album uh still love it after all these years and uh i don't have it like the the goo goo eyes is that even a term 
rose colored glasses, yeah, yeah. something like that. Um, cause as a, as a kid, I was like, this is a perfect fucking album. I yeah. love this. So, and as you get older, it's like, all right, it's kind of, it's a little bit dated. It's a little unusual. It's kind of some, some goofy stuff here and there, but it's still fucking amazing. It's still I, solid. I felt like I was kind of listening to it for the first time doing it for the podcast. And I feel stupid for doing that. So don't be like me and everybody listen to this album. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I mentioned earlier that, uh, sublime covered house of severing that's right um i think uh when they first met hr <clears throat> sublime check out that episode by the way if you hate sublime if you like sublime don't watch it stay um, far away from that episode yeah uh they uh i think he was gonna she was gonna play with him some of their like like he he hr was gonna make it to one of their shows but he didn't have a band with him mm-hmm. and he's like and then sublime was like well we'll do it let us do it please oh shit so they asked him he's like uh can we play house of suffering and HR said, you can have it. Oh, shit. <laughs> so they just kept, they Playing just kept covering it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, both of our personal favorites. It's a fantastic fucking anomaly of a metal album. I mean, you can call it metal, but it's kind of its own thing. Um, this was released on SST. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of stuff was released on SST. Uh, and Tom brings up the point. I wonder if they got paid for this because I forgot that there was that, not. Whole, that whole scandal where they just didn't pay any of the bands. Which we covered that in our Black Flag episode. Uh, Probably, maybe we might have brushed over it. I don't think we. Oh shit! I don't think you even think I knew so much of it at that time. Um, also, you mentioned the Cure, Ron Saint Germain. Um, apparently, uh, fucking uh, did a little bit of Cure stuff and Mick Jagger too. Yeah, and then I also, you know, bought up Living Color. So I think this guy maybe was in tune with something, something around that time period. Yeah, Sonic Youth, Living Color, The Cure, Mick Jagger, interesting stuff. Uh, but he will be on this next record as well. Yes. And right here we have kind of the beginning of the end or like the end of the, con- I don't know. It's a fucking, well, it's a, we have all the original. It's the last good me- album. <laughs> it's the last good album. <laughs> I, I you know what? That's maybe no, the, toward the okay. end, we, we kind of bring it back a little bit. All but right. Here we are. All right. 1989's quickness. <laughs> Great intro. Fucking Carl from Aquatine. <laughs> bop up, Deagle Bop. This song rules. Fuck it. Come out. Swing it. HR sounds so good on here, too. Also, I have not heard this album before. Neither have I. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. Everything from this point onward, I have never heard it. I heard one album now. I think this song might have been their first music video. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Also crazy. Earl is on the cover. But he doesn't play drums on it. He's credited on here, but he's not. I forgot. He's not on this album. I forgot. Goddamn. Pro-made drummer. Uh, We'll get to it this time. This song is so underrated. I can't believe I've never heard this song. I think this album is kind of underrated. It's not bad. I I didn't have friends that were like, I didn't know anyone who fucked with this album. Yeah, same. And yeah, I, it's kind of underrated. I As I got older, you know, uh, you know, people like to bring up the homophobic song. But, oh, we'll get into that for uh, sure. But since yeah. that, yeah. like, great 
great album. I thought the beginning, I thought Bad Brains was like pretty much dead after I inside, but this, this is worth seeking out. This is good fucking song. I, it was, it's so much better than I expected it to be. I don't love it. I don't think it's that great of an album overall, but it compared to like, I was expecting a a huge nosedive. Like Mm -hmm. it's obviously not as good as I can start, but sure. It's still like, I mean, that song alone, it's really strong. Yeah. There were actual like legit highlights on here. So you're talking about uh, Earl's credited on this album, but he's not on it. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, he's he's on the cover. He's, he's on the cover. He's, on the cover. <laughs> he's credited. It's the we see Chromax, right? Yeah, the Cro- uh, Mackie Jason. That's right. He'll he'll be around for the next album. Yes, in addition. Uh, but so th- this album. Uh, I mean, well, we brought it up. You might as well bring it. Just I, get it out of the way. The the, the homophobic song, <laughs> which is like, uh, was it "Don't Blow Bubbles"? Which yeah, um, I don't much care for the song. It's like one of the punkier things on here. And one thing that I found interesting because it is like legit homophobic. Yeah, it's like a something about AIDS and don't fucking do that or AIDS yeah, or yeah. something. And uh, I think it was Daryl Jennifer years later. He's like, uh, listen, man, uh, people change, people grow. I was homophobic. Fuck it. I, 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 I I'm. There's, what, what is, there's nothing else to say. I was, I was gonna bring up that quote too because I think being realistic and this admitting what it was at the time, hundred percent, is way better than trying to act like you weren't. Dude, they were four black dudes from DC into Rastafarianism. Do you think they're not homophobic? Like, especially in the eighties, in the seventies and eighties, black dudes from DC obviously like don't act like it wasn't a part of the culture like just in the yeah so like that that quote from uh daryl is just like i i respect that and um yeah you know it is what it is um and their their way of uh i don't know making up uh, they still they played the continue to play the song but now it's instrumental yeah, and I think the I think it's, I think on um, newer versions, it's just called can, instrumental. Yeah, yeah, you could do that. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of we've covered a lot of pe- <clears throat> problematic things. Art's not clean. Um, yeah, no, should it be? Or else it'd the, be sterile. In the scheme of things, this is like it's not like a. It's, it's like it's, it's not even uh like a what's the word I'm looking for? I'm fucking. It's not even a scandal. It's just like, yeah, we fucked up. We were part of that. We've moved on and grown up. Yeah. And that's the way it should be with every situation. It's like, okay, well, it was the fucking eighties and nineties. Yeah. Well, clearly that's not a thing anymore. We're, we're, we're much older Mm -hmm. for the vast, obviously there's gonna be some outliers where they're, they're fucking hanging on to that shit. Mm -hmm. Just move on, move on and get rid of the lyrics, which is basically what happened. Um, I mean, it doesn't even matter. I only fucking like the song, but the the sentiment, the thought that counts. Sure. Um, good things. Voyage into infinity. It is the intro to Eye Against Eye, but a full song now. Yeah. And also, one thing I forgot to mention in the uh, really early on from the first album, mm-hmm. the intro that closes the album. Um, it is just the intro to Rock for Light, the song Rock for Light. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, I forgot that 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 was even that until I went back and double checked. So. That was a kind of a kind of cute thing, and then I against I has the intro, and then they made it into a full song on mm-hmm. here, which I like it better as an intro. <laughs> I, like, I think it's better better as an intro. There you go. I still like the song. It's, it's still a cool song, but uh, title track. Oh, with the quickness. Uh, or sorry. Or yeah, they were not. It's it's an appropriate title album. These are 
like the fastest they've been in a while because there's not too many fast things about eye against eye but like messengers and with the quickness good punk stuff yeah bringing back some of the punk stuff here for sure um i, I don't love messengers so much it's kind of it's not it's not bad it's just mm-hmm. when you compare it anything from this point on when you compare any of the punk songs to the early days you're comparing it with no, a god essentially. Yeah, yeah it's like it's hard to no you're you're setting yourself up for failure but yeah. like here it's just like i just think it's strong songwriting i i also l- like which um they they will re-record at some point later on gene machine Mm-mm, or gene yeah. machine slash don't bother me um it's more it's more hardcore but then it slows down gets some has some heavy section even has like a reggae inspired section that I think yeah. is actually very cool um and then uh shout out to joe pesci ute ute juice ute juice i don't like it <laughs> i know i just like i uh, literally spell ute uh with an apostrophe instead of an h utes uh but yeah overall it's like it's not it's something special or revolutionary um it's just sort of a continuation also at the you know before they continue on uh prophet's eye took the crown away from uh whatever their worst reggae oh really ron jothro oh that was their worst reggae song now prophet's eye i forgot they're back to playing reggae songs yeah. and i don't like that so much and the prophet's eye is uh it's real bad it's uh it's not, re- not, not so good not so good it's real bad but uh this was a nice little surprise because uh everything i've kind of heard was that you know after i against i it was all downhill but uh especially first half of this album solid songs that i think belong in yeah in the the legacy of bad brains the the highlights are absolutely worth seeking out and also which i didn't even really uh really uh appreciate the gravity of until maybe right now Mm -hmm. this is hr's last good album this is or this is hr's last good performance yeah yeah because he does he he comes and goes but uh here is the last time you'll ever hear him really do his screams at his peak, like where he's got the energy. Like maybe he's not as um as varied as as I against I because mm-hmm. he he did a lot of different stuff on I against I, but the most of the energy is still here. Yes, he still sounds really good. From onward, say goodbye. He's he, some things happen after this album, mm-hmm. such as uh, breaking up. They broke up again after this album. Yep, and this is a. Right here, this time period, this album quickness is where HR really got under the skin of their manager. Uh, I forget his name. Uh, maybe I'll look it up. But anyway, around this time period, um, the, the manager really became unhappy with HR because he straight up just decimated the, the, the record deal. Um, I forgot which label it was, but they had a meeting. Mm-hmm. And HR was very antagonistic during the meeting. Some would say extremely antagonistic mm-hmm. to the point where the dude, the the record exec, after the after the the meeting, he was like, "Did he just threaten my life?" <laughs> One way yeah. to botch a record deal. So, uh, so basically, all the all prospects sunk. Like they were mm-hmm. not. They're not, and this this should have been like a huge album. This should have been like this should have been pretty huge. I forgot who they were supposed to go on tour with. I forget, but it was supposed to be somewhat like a really big tour and a big deal. And he fucked it up. 
they broke up. He took off and ended up God knows where. And then they decided to to go on uh, without him. And Earl's already gone, so they just fuck it. We're already working without the Hudson brothers. Mm-hmm. Let's just bring in a new vocalist. And so they did. And they brought in a Mr. Uh, Israel Joseph I, who, uh, well, we'll talk about his performance and all that, but because they, they found a member who decided to uh, not flake on gigs and start fights with people and mm-hmm. disappear for weeks on end, they got the deal with Epic. They got an actual record. They finally got signed yep. because there was some consistency. Yep. And this is the album that we got as a result. This is 1993's Rise. I was like, all right, all right, not, not too bad. I agree. That's what I thought too. Sounds way more metal, like thrashy metal. Slower, of course, but. And then this happened. In other words, uh, a weird generic knockoff of HR. Did you ever question, oh my teacher, what do you take me for a fool? To be fair, for about three seconds, he does sound like HR. <laughs> Don't you, like, think about it for a little yeah. bit. You've got to <laughs> and the, the shame is that this guy is a really good singer. And then also, like, I don't know, like, you put in the work and, like, it's just unfortunate that the, the music that, uh, it's not the most engaging. So, uh, Israel was actually in that doc. Good. And he said, seems like a very, very nice guy. He and I, I was so glad to hear this confirmation. He deliberately went in saying these are HR songs. I mean, I'm going to sing them like HR. Oh shit! He said like these aren't like I, I can't be myself here. This is mm-hmm. this is bad brains. Like this is he has to be singing these songs. So he literally did his best HR impression. Oh damn! And which is why this is awful. <laughs> he's not. He's not. It's obviously not HR. Also, least favorite. Least favorite. I I get I, it. I can't give it worse. It's not the worst. It is not the worst. They're, I can tell they're working on here. They're, they're trying their best. It is. A, I, my ears don't fucking like it, though. It is a it's one of their best produced albums. Obviously, they got some money now. Mm-hmm. It sounds great. But the songs, hey, they just aren't there for the most part. And, and it, it's not that bad. It's mostly just like average or OK or boring. I, I find it to be. There's only a few songs where I'm like, oh god. I really I really hate free. I think that is really I don't mind that song. That's actually one of the few songs I'm kind of okay with. I think it's really cheesy. I think it's like hot garbage. I do not. It's got great bass. And that only because you know I only emphasize how good the bass is on, on that song. I mean, some mm-hmm. others too. But this is like the first album where they're actually putting some low end mm. ever. And Daryl's a fucking incredible bassist. He's never, you can never hear him. Yeah. And finally you hear him and he's obviously doing great. But I think uh, that's that solo. Uh, that's that's the solo in that song. I mean, it's all over the album, but that solo is very fucking cool. Uh, Dr. No at this point is a bona fide, clean, pristine, perfect shredder. Hell yeah, he is. Before he was like a shredder and he was really good, but there was always some sloppiness to it. There was always mm-hmm. some punkiness to it. Here it is like immaculate. He yeah. is a 
top level shredder. Um, yeah, I think also like this is where like okay, uh, living color exists, but they're better at doing this. Yeah, it's becoming that that funk rock kind of or that funk metal type sound. Um, hair <clears throat> started off good. Oh, it starts out pretty funky and slap bassy, but I do Goes not like to Shitsville. Not real, a fan, not for real, me. Real quick, uh, coming in numbers. Um, there's ways to do metal or heavy music and reggae. Uh, I think one way is what Bad Brains did on their first album. Second way, uh, there's this band called dub trio that does cool metal reggae stuff i was like there's no way there's no way they do good shit that's the other way um coming in numbers is not i don't mind it and it honestly i don't i mean i don't like anything on this album mm-hmm. but the one thing that kind of kept me going were honestly how good the solo sections are yeah like they're legit <laughs> good solos like he's always been a great soloist but um, in terms of like average forgettable songs, like he's doing a pretty damn good job making those parts stand out. Yeah. You know, I love me some sitar. You could put sitar on an average track. And, <laughs> I love the way you're pronouncing that. And it'll sitar, sitar. <laughs> it's been a long day. You're pronouncing it like guitar, which I like better. Keep pronouncing it that way. <laughs> okay. In my head, in my head, a lot of things are pronounced weird as we've. Yeah, for sure. Um, you throw sitar on on any average track, I will love it instantly. Not here. Not here. Really. Yes, like it. Yes, Jaw couldn't even get a, like, hey, here's like one of your favorite sounding things ever, yeah. Alex. And I was still like, no. It is pretty seriously awful. I, I mean, I, I, like, I'm already not a reggae fan, so I can't even like judge these fairly. All I know is which ones make me sick. And that was one of the ones that made me sick. <laughs> don't, I'm not, nope, no thank you, no jaw, no. No jaw. Uh, guitar, favorite guitar solo on the album, though? Take your time. Uh, really? I, really? that, that guitar so. I mean, as you've talked, all of the is, solos right. are good, but that one stood out to me. Fair enough. Uh, I was okay with that song on first listen. I liked it less after hearing it multiple times. That main riff is absolutely ridiculous. Yes. It's so great. It's like, so that's a, that's a, that song is a perfect example of, of uh, something they'll start to do more as mm-hmm. the albums go on, where there are these kind of semi-proggy progressions that feel like random notes. Yeah. Just thrown together <laughs> and it's like i it's not like predictable or lame or stupid or annoying it's just like random it's just random it's yeah. i don't really know how to process it. i don't like it i don't hate it i don't really it's just odd it's that's that song is a pretty good example of that kind of riff and then uh without you is some of the cheesiest cringiest uh, lyrics i listen it's who i okay i think it's terrible for bad brains but Pretty good for any other average nineties band. <laughs> it's not that bad. Uh, yeah, it, it's like I don't know. It's you. You feel the absence of the of the Hudson Brothers. It's obviously, HR is this is no HR, but it's not I, even just that. It's like the no actual songs themselves. No, I think maybe there's a a world or a, a way this could have been a good album, but it's just. 
it's it's not just missing a charge. It's not. It's it's missing something else. Yeah. yeah it's it's just. I'm not a huge fan of like again uh, of funky stuff to begin with, but I don't. I knew I wouldn't like this album, but I didn't know I wouldn't like it in this particular way. Because mm-hmm. you feel like oh that could have gone somewhere. I just don't like the way it came out. That's a lot of that is, is this album. It was kind of difficult for because there's maybe like. There's a few albums where I'm like, you all kind of deserve this, but I can only give two of you worst of the worst. Yeah, yeah. By the way, I forgot to mention, which is a, a huge faux pas on my part, um, before this album, before uh, Israel Joseph I joined, mm-hmm. fucking Chuck, Chuck Mosley, Vietnam Wars for a singer, was, uh, he, he was, he was, he was the guy. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how long he was with them. Not that long, obviously. He didn't record anything with them, but I had no idea. Chuck Mosley was a Bad Brains vocalist. I'm gonna go back in time and show uh, Doctor No uh, Faith No More. Oh, <laughs> it's your cousin Marvin Barry. Wait, it was the same time period, wasn't it? Yeah. No, it was. That's what, yeah. But you know, they could get they could get the leg up and like record it right before record Epic right before. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't. Chuck, well, I mean, Mo- Chuck Mosley was even- not Mike Patton. No, Mike he's Patton. not Mike Patton. Yeah. And honestly, like, I don't really love Chuck Chuck's voice. It always yeah. felt very like uh I guess uh, like I guess, grunty and like jockey. I guess what I'm getting at it is it's crazy that there was this thing ready to like blow up, which is rap metal. Yeah. And maybe Bad Brains was like right maybe. like right there. But they never at even the doorstep, but they, they, never, they didn't. Yeah. They never even dabbled. No. Maybe no. Later on, no, no, never. They never dabbled. They never dabbled in rap. Which is I think there's like one or two songs. But even then, it was like it may. It feels more like a coincidence. It's like they didn't seem like they ever tried to do that. Because mm-hmm. one thing they mentioned, like years before, it's like they started before rap existed. So like it just seemed like they were too old for sure. But yeah. they're also not immune to doing. Not immune to the to the to the rhythm. Yes. Who is one you know? day the rhythms. It's gonna get you. It's gonna get you. But Alex's least favorite and the the one album with this guy on it, Israel. Uh, but we have more because we got the we got the brothers back. We got the Hudson brothers. They are back on this next album. A whole bunch of shit happened on this album. I didn't even. I just thought this like looking at the. I would album never expect this was original lineup. This album cover is truly one of the worst. If not their worst album cover. I made this album cover in Microsoft Paint. Pretty, It's pretty rough, but we have plenty to talk about. This is 1995's God of Love. I was like... It's not great, but the band's back together. That's how I felt. Yeah. I, I kind of like this, this riff and these vocal lines. I'm glad they're back. Yes. Also, a little bit more sad than we're used to from them. Mm-hmm. On the more emotional side. And now the metal stuff I'm like for these like weird 
vocal choices. I am too. I am not for this weird ass production though. Yeah. Looks like, hey, Rick Ocasek's back too. But yeah, no kidding. This is an interesting song. Interesting song, and I think it's the only song on the album that I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick Ocasek is back. And he made another horribly sound, horrible sounding album. I think this is one of their worst sounding albums for sure. I think this is their worst album. I get it. I get it. This is the worst. This was so close. It was on there. And mm-hmm. parts of me still believe that. I didn't hate it quite as much on second listen. Uh, but, oh boy. I've, I've even like <laughs> double checked some of my notes before like. Yes, I feel this way that this is the worst. This is so there's so much that happened. This is probably the one of the most insane hectic periods of the band. Mm-hmm. And no surprise that this is also uh, so rough. So this is uh, man, it makes me so sad like I have to just no, this is just not good. I fucking yes, hate it. It it is a bummer like they're back together and it's maybe they shouldn't have recorded an album. So this is a, a fucking wacky time period. So they, they get signed to Maverick, which those who don't remember, because no one would remember. No. It was a, a record that was started by Madonna in the early 90s. Hell it's, yeah. It's, it's a, it was part of Warner Brothers. And they put out, according to our boy Tommy, they put out Candlebox's first album, uh, Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill. Let me tell you. Some... Pretty heavy hitters in the 90s, dude. Let me tell you, if I put out Jagged Little Pill, I would still be around. And then they folded in the fucking 2000s. I mean, how do you botch it that badly unless you're Madonna? All right. No, it's how I mean, it's a huge success. Jagged Little Pill. If I own any way, shape or form, any of the rights to those songs, I'm making sure I'm eating future generations to be fair madonna's eaten plenty oh she's all the souls of young men for sure but you know for like the album like yeah i don't get it but whatever so at the time this was a huge deal so much money finally this band is getting paid hr paid before they're getting paid now they're finally getting their dues and not only that I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this is the time period they get taken on, uh, taken on under the wing of the Beastie Boys. Check out that episode. Nice. Uh, obviously, Beastie Boys are huge Bad Brains fans. They they've been they were they started out as hardcore punk for those mm-hmm. who don't know, uh, and Bad Brains were like their favorite hardcore bands. Um, so they they took them on tour, and well, you know, some things happened. A couple things happened. Uh, did, did they take them on tour a lot, or was the it was supposed to be one big tour that was abruptly cut short? Because mm-hmm. HR got a little violent with a lot of people. Uh, well, okay, so he got violent with the manager. Uh, I don't. I don't think that was it, though. the The thing that was it, I believe, <laughs> and Deftones were on this tour as well. Oh shit! A, a young Deftones. Yeah. Uh, they they played a show, and Bad Brains are on stage, and by all accounts, by most accounts, uh. In the crowd was a young man, like harassing this girl. I Maybe mean, I think it might have mm-hmm. been his girlfriend, but it's like being a full on, like legitimately a problem. Real quick side quest before you continue this. Yeah, I'm actually Chino singing Secret Seventy Seven. Oh. It makes perfect sense. Oh, it makes perfect sense. Sorry. Okay, continue. So he sees this young uh, HR sees this young man accosting this woman and whacks him in the face with his mic stand and 
goes to jail. Go straight to jail. Mm-hmm. Fucking obviously nope. blood nope. everywhere, and it's fucking is a whole to do. You yeah. know, tour ends immediately. That, that was it. It's done. We're fucking done. I forgot which city that was in, but it was like I don't know, Kansas, Missouri, somewhere around there, and uh, that ends everything. That ends everything. That ends the fucking deal with the, the label and oh, the tour. Fuck. Everyone just goes home. And that's it. The band's done. That Damn. they broke up because of this shit. I hope I'm not misremembering, but this definitely gets worse then. Uh, even more now. <laughs> it's God, it's like it was made to fail almost. And obviously we don't like the music very much, but even during the time period, like this is like it had it had all the backing behind it to, mm-hmm. to be successful but things were going so south for hr's mental health not only so like i said he got they're finally getting paid and hr is progressively getting worse if his behavior wasn't enough to sell that but he's getting more and i don't know his his so his spending his spending mm-hmm. he didn't do the thing that you know, blow it all immediately and a bunch of weird extravagant stuff. It was a few just really peculiar purchases. One, he he moved into this place in West Hollywood that was like, oh, a, a bedroom with no kitchen. I think I think it had no kitchen. It was in the same complex as like, as like drug dealers and prostitutes. It was like a really rough spot and he could have lived anywhere and he just wanted to live there. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, that's all right. Odd. And then he fucking bought a stretch limo <laughs> for himself to drive. Yeah. Which is the most insane thing I've ever heard, I think, in my entire life. He he buys a stretch limo. He's at the dealership, right? And the 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 dude at the label, the dude at Maverick, I forget his name, but the guy who is managing them at the, at the label, he gets a call from HR and HR says, uh, "Oh yeah, I'm um, I'm buying this car, and they want to just make sure that uh, that I have the money that for the whole stuff." Then mm-hmm. can you just can you just confirm with them? So the guy, you know, he gets put on the phone with the car salesman. He's like, "Yeah, he's an artist of mine. He's you know, this is all checks out. Yada yada yada." Uh, can I ask what what kind of car he's buying? He's like, "Yeah, he's buying a 1978 stretch limo," <laughs> and he's, he's like, "Can you put me back on the phone with HR?" Yeah. He's like. What are you what are you doing? And he's like, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. He's like, um, all right. So he bought the car. Later on, he picks up the same the, the same manager, manager guy in the car. He's in the back of the stretch limo with HR, his <laughs> HR driving it. And he's like, I think HR said something like, uh, like, you know, I hope one day I, I can sit in the back of a limo that my artist is <laughs> driving. <laughs> What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it's, it's fucking awesome, though. I it's just so insane. I love it. I love oh, it. Oh man, it's unfortunate. There's a dark side of that, but it's that's the funny, nice side of it. Like, yes. but goddamn, yeah, he had fuck, man. Obviously, the violent stuff happened, and then he kind of went homeless for a while, and he was like, I think he was in L.A., and I think he was in L.A. when when he was homeless, and. It was fucking rough. Some some people, some of the musicians took him in. He started going the road with, L, you know, LBDA. I'm assuming that's the name of it. I keep forgetting. Sublime dudes, all the sublime dudes. Um, when Bradley Noel died, he went to the funeral, and he was like a mm-hmm. big deal for everyone for him to show up. Uh, and he became really fun with them. Like he went on tour with them, and uh, it seemed like they all were like, 
he had moments, you know, where he would, you know, get a little bit weird, but everyone seemed to like really love him and like they were mm-hmm. accepting of all of that. And they were very patient and they, it was basically it, whatever you want, dude, whatever you want, whatever mm-hmm. you want, we're all working around you. And meanwhile, he is getting zero help for his, for what we now know is schizophrenia. Yeah. Like, uh, I think they asked the original manager, like, did you, anybody try getting him help? And he's like, yeah, sure. But what, what good is that going to do if he's not going to show up to the yeah. appointment? Like nothing you can do, like just wait it out, hope something good happens uh, or hope he doesn't get hurt. And he's fucking, you only have so much power with someone that unpredictable. And that's where you get this album. I mean, it's, it does sound disjointed. <laughs> the music itself is fucking all over the place. Hell yeah, it is. Uh, long time is the rapping song. Long time. And let me tell you, oh. it's like a raspy. Oh, it's hilariously bad. It so it's it's a reggae song, but it has like the. Who fucking did that? Who made that style famous? Corn. <laughs> Was not expecting that answer. Corn did. Um, it kind so, of, yeah, kind it of. sounds like Eric Andre doing his impression of Jonathan Davis. It is. It is a, it's a caricature of reggae corn. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's not a good, not a good song. I don't. I, it's quite. It, I think it's up there with the worst of the the reggae songs. Title track. Those vocals really get on my fucking nerves. That is not. Yep. Yeah, not. not <sighs> Boy, that one bums me out too. They don't want the title track so much. Not not at all, actually. I kind of hate it. Over the water? Don't hate it. Really? I don't hate it. I I don't love it. I don't hate it though. You I was about to bring up that song too as HR's worst vocal performance ever. I I'm not gonna defend it. And I I mean not only does he sound exhausted, I mean he sounds tired on most of the album, but it's like the only song, one of the few songs where he's just hitting wrong notes. Yeah, he rarely just hits wrong notes, mm-hmm. but there, whole bunch. And then there's a few abominations left to the heavens. Oh, yeah, it's like electronic yeah. reggae. Yeah, the electronic drums. Yeah, that's that's mm. that's a dark. Po- that's a dark. That's dark. That's dark stuff. It's <laughs> real dark. Oh my god! And then uh, yeah, I forgot this album is really bad, dude. It's, it's so, fucking, so fucking bad. It's really bad. It's it probably so like sad. one of the worst of the worst. I think. I don't think. Yeah, maybe. No, there's no because I'm. I might throw it on there. It's it's in con- for sure. You know, it yeah. could be a contender. I don't think it is, but I think it, it it's, could be mentioned in the same breath. And then for Thank Jaw, I was like, if Jaw is responsible for this album, he's truly worse than any Lovecraftian horror that, I've come ever on. read about. No, no, he's not that bad. It's not. If he's, <laughs> if Jaw is responsible for this album, he is a Lovecraftian cosmic horror that I cannot even fathom. The, the the suffering and pain he would bring into our lives. The the last chunk of this album is pretty. Also, it's, a, it's mean. It's mean to the listener. How I love thee. That this sounds like fucking Shaggy. The not the Scooby Doo character. The no, fucking it wasn't me. The must the much worse Shaggy. Also, side note, I've seen Shaggy perform that song live with the roots that's hilarious holy shit this man i didn't even know he was still alive that's a little mean 
but like he had so much bling on i was like that you couldn't even see him it was too bright it was like a I diamond was, he was my my angel my darling angel um <laughs> it didn't line up i'm like too much time has passed between your your success and now where i'm like i that jewelry is fake or you've gotten it through thrift stores let's just call it thrift that source yeah uh, the, so that's my shaggy story how i love the is unforgivable in fact really ending the album with big fun and how i love the back to back it's like i i can't do anything i'm sorry i can't i can't i just can't just listen to shaggy it's more fun uh, i'll pass on that one but thanks you uh, don't <laughs> <laughs> Don't go. Oh, Mr. Bombastic. Call me fantastic. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's Shaggy. He's here. You know, Sting, a lot of people think uh, Shaggy's version of Angel is the the popular one, but it's actually the, the remixed version that Sting did that is the popular version. I don't like any of those words. Yeah. Sorry, I just had to go full Colin Robinson right now and talk about Shaggy. Anyways. I don't even know who that is. Who's Colin Robinson? You never watch what we do in the shadows? Oh. He's the energy vampire. Oh, oh. okay. Yeah. All right. No, no, we're back on the same page. Uh, Alex's worst, and this is indeed a bad album, and I wanted to give this worst. I was very close to, but I didn't. I already know what your tendencies are and what you... <laughs> yeah. There's only one album left that's going to get worst. Yeah. Oh, boy. And we're... Let's talk about it. This is 2002's I and I Survived. Legitimately pretty horns. I don't hate this song, nor do I. But in the scheme of things, it's probably paint by the numbers dub music. Yes. The reason I like this song... This is like a less good version of Jam from Rock for Light. Mm. Very similar baseline, except less good. Really weird about reggae music is like the snare being like on the three kind of. Uh, yeah, that's it's like yeah, it's like all sky and rig. Yeah, because it follows that little clink. Yep. Clink. Um, yeah, worst and least favorite, and well, it is many reasons. And one is because this is a fucking reggae album with no vocals. <laughs> it's it's hard. It feels almost unfair calling this a Bad Brains album, but it is part like it's canon. It is official, yeah. an official Bad Brains album. I like I like reggae songs without uh, songs. I this is not a good album. No, it isn't. But I think with some self restraint, if they trim some fat. That this could have been a good album. I think that at best this could have been an okay dub album. What no. happened? What happened though is you get these reworkings of old songs that butcher them. I don't know, but I think they're fine. I think they're fine. 
They How Low Can a Punk Get is one of their fucking coolest hardcore songs, and they took the same notes of it, kind of fucked with the rhythm, made it less interesting, and then dubbed the shit out of it. And fine, fine. I have, I think they has some, it has some legitimately nice horns, and I think the horns mm-hmm. on this album overall are very well done. But it ruined the song, okay? But the the one I actually have a problem with. What's that? I and I survive because that was already a flawless, incredible reggae song, yeah. and they made it suck yeah. somehow. They just took out the vocals. They replaced them with these horns that that do something else, like fine. It's, but like the vocal lines are so, per, the vocal lines that HR did for that song are so perfect for that song, mm-hmm. and could have been done with horns. It's cool they did something else, but it's just not as memorable or interesting. The intro for that is goofy as fuck. Yes. Yes, it is. The guitar solo is fucking crazy. It is a very strange And let me tell version. you, as bad as that is, it's nowhere near as bad as the little bonus remix and that's version. what I want, that is that what I is, wanted to get to. So that is awful. Listen, I I don't like this song. I don't like reggae. This was clearly going to get at least a least favorite because I don't like reggae. I'm sorry. It's just I. It's not going to win me over. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's not even that horrible. It just feels pretty bland and, and, and same in reggae, reggae, whatever. What made this worst was the last two tracks, and it, it pushed it completely into worse territory because of how offensively bad they are and the remixes by fucking bumfucks one and two two different dudes who i don't know i i hope you're sitting down okay i like the mean what does it mean gene machine i like you're that your remix mind. you're out of your fucking mind i like it it is it's oh my god oh my god it's oh like my god more it's m- like trip hop. If, if trip hop blue, I, what are you talking about? I think it's, your goddamn mind. I think it's cool. Obviously, it's not better than the original. It's not a must listen. By the way, that is not even the only version of G Machine on this album. No, I'm saying the remix. I know that, yeah, yeah. but I'm saying like the fact that both there there are two different versions of I and I Survive and G Machine on here, which is already like why, and then. With those versions, I'll I will give you that G Machine isn't as bad as the I Survive remix. It does like a decent job of going back and forth. I think it's still pretty fucking horrific. But the the I and I Survive remix, which is I will give the actual name of it right now, um, Shiner Massive remix. Oh yeah, you know some bruv in England it's, remix this. It's Larry Sunshiner Devore. Uh, who I don't fucking know who that is, but he's not a bad brain. And to, I can't even explain this because it is. It's not bad brains for sure. It's not even this album, bad brains, which is all super dubby. It's it more, is, it's more bad brains than rise though. Cause no, it is not. Cause Earl's here. No, no, no. That, that, this version of I and I survived the Shiner massive mix. Oh, oh, okay. No, sorry, I don't know sorry. what the fuck that I thought is. you were talking about the album. No, 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 no. The, the album is the like, song, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. The, the, the Shiner massive mix of I and I survived, which is the closer, by the way, I, it's this dude like rapping over his own song mm-hmm. because it's a, it's called I and I survived. The only thing about it that is the song I and I survived are that I can recognize are little samples of HR's vocals from the original. And mm-hmm. I don't mean like 
vocal lines. I mean, like literally him going, yeah! and that's the sample, him doing that over and over again. That little noise. Yeah. That's the extent at which that song is Ionizer vibe. It is insane. So I'm not going to give worse to uh, an album just because one song is really bad. It is, it's like the whole essence of the entire thing, including that. Let me tell that's enough bad talk about that. Let me tell you what I like on here. <laughs> sure. Hey, let me, for those of you who are cool, <laughs> let me recommend some good things on here. Oh God. Cowboy. Oh, ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I think it's fucking good. I don't even care if that's a, like, if like people think that's a bad song, I think it's fucking cool. It makes me laugh more than anything. I like the like Eno Morcone opening and like setting up that like Western. I think it's Westerny, but it's not like good. <laughs> I I don't even I don't even I wrote that down. I don't even care if people think these are bad songs. Cowboy fucking rules. Okay, okay. I I will. It's not offensive, and I would say a lot of the stuff doesn't offend me. It just bores the living shit out of oh, me. Oh, totally. Uh, you you've coined the term uh, death metal syndrome. Anyone will get dub syndrome listening to this. It's they it's, all kind of it's way too long. It's way too long. It is their longest album. It's like 54 minutes. Yeah. Second song, I think, is worth seeking out. Raga Raga Dub. Oh no. Don't no. Oh no. Come well, on. Come so, on. I set you up earlier for how I would love this song. You knew it was coming. <laughs> I, okay, to be completely fair, it has its own personality, which is... It's wholly unique. It is wholly unique. It's pulled out of Aladdin, for sure. Yeah, let's go there. I like <laughs> Behind My Camel by the police. Of course I'm going to love whatever this is. <laughs> that song fucking sucks. It fucking rules. <laughs> I do like it. It's just fucking weird. It fucking rules. And there's like, it's already fine. And then it gives me like this like jazzy piano which i didn't know i needed but like once it's there i'm like of course so those two songs cowboy raga dub save, <laughs> save this album oh god so so a lot of this i i actually legitimately don't mind it as background music mm -hmm. but that's not is that a good album is background music a good album i would say it is a bad album if it's if it's only good in the background because when you're when you're focusing and trying to listen to them it is I mean, for a guy who doesn't like reggae, you, I can't really. Oh, this, except this for, is torture for you. I get it. Except for Ragged which and Cowboy, which even though I don't like them, they at least feel different. They, the, they're, they're actually different. Those, I'm telling listeners right now and you, I don't <laughs> care. Those songs are going on the playlist. Oh, fuck. Oh, man. Uh, the last the last thing uh, I will. They're, they're canon. The last thing I will, I, will, I will say that is wholly negative. Uh, they had to. They had to go ahead and re-record Rally Ron Jothrone. <laughs> it's just called Rally here. This version's better. I would say it is not. And the reason I say it's not because the only thing I liked about it was how batshit HR was on it, mm -hmm. on the original. The only, thing I, the only thing I liked about it was HR. And there is no HR to be found. It is just a regular boring reggae song. I like it better here. I hate this album. Uh, I was definitely, I, I, on first listen, I was going to give worse to, to God of Love, 100%. Mm -hmm. I was like, I hate this, and this is everything I, I'm not about. But the other, that was obviously the worst. Then I heard them both again, and this one, I just, I felt myself sinking to this pit of despair. <laughs> I, I honestly believe that 
with like the right producer and some like more direction this could have been a like really good like just reggae vocal with like three of the bad brain members well then i'll make one one different argument as to why this is worse because as of now it's just because i it's i don't like reggae i don't like this i don't like how they pull it up i hate those remix tracks i I fucking the only those are the only songs in their entire discography where i legitimately fucking hate g machine remix rules hate g machine remix and i i actually hate the i and i survive one much more oh that yeah this is not a good uh but for an objective unbiased argument about this being the worst it is the only non bad brains bad brains album there's no vocals. There's no HR. There's no personality. It's only the reggae stuff, which uh, up until now, got- they were just, there was only like a couple of reggae songs per album. So it was really like a like a secondary part of their personality. It wasn't like a, a, a an even 50-50 split. It was always like a 70-30. I, I do agree the, it functions better like that. It totally does. But because of that, this doesn't even really feel like a Bad Brains album. It feels like just some random thing that shouldn't even be counted. But it is, and because it is, I, it has to be the the worst. But because Cowboy and Raga Dub <laughs> exist. Ah, oh, shit. All right. Where would you, you make your own choice, okay? <laughs> but my worst and least favorite, we still have two more. This is a very long episode like we predicted. But we're, we're a little bit of a comeback. HR is back in the picture. Well, he's back in the picture here, but, you know, kind of on and off, and he's not really with them. Now he's back with them. He's touring with them. I don't know if he he's already married at this point to his wife, who is uh, a saint. She's like his caretaker, and she's been doing everything to get him help or try to get him help um, and help diagnose him and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's back with the brains. He's back with the boys. And they're out touring again, and they're writing. And this is like the comeback, so to speak. Yes. So here we go, everybody. This is 2007's Build a Nation. So creepy ass intro. What a what? I'm for it though. I like it. punk song they've had in a long time the like more than ever before like the spirit is there like it does a great job of like oh shit are they are they back yeah these vocals are nutty but i actually like how they fit on this song quite a bit also it's something different for them very different And it's, it's legitimately creepy. It's just these really pretty uh, octave harmonized vocal lines over this really, really heavy, heavy guitarist. Also, also this was the third album I heard. I had a feeling it was this one. This is, I think I, this was, had like a lot of. I remember purchasing this at a Best Buy. Holy shit. There was a lot of uh, 
you know what i bought it with same day with it i don't know if they came out the same day but i purchased them the same day bc boys mix up i purchased both those albums the same day and speaking of which this is produced by mr adam yauk uh r.i.p mca of the bc boys not surprising because they're obviously they're big fans and proponents and they took them on tour even though that blew up in a blaze of not glory but he produced this, and I think he did a bad job. This is how this I, album sounds that good, like production-wise. My issue with this album is it sounds like they went into the studio super excited, super energized, and then they lost interest like halfway. It is lacking in energy for sure. Also, it's like a sh- which is crazy because it's a pretty short album. It is short, um, but also you think you look at like the what how hr was at this time so from here onward he's basically like the 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 mark prindle interview that i that i mentioned in the beginning Mm -hmm. he's that kind of guy now where he's really spacey and really gentle and kind of floaty Mm -hmm. he's like a floaty guy and the vocals reflect that yes it does the entire album he's no he will never do the screams again yes he was never he's not hr the way we know hr now he's just singing very mm-hmm. pretty and, and softly, but tons of spaciness. It's almost psychedelic. Yeah. Tons of reverb, a lot of, lot of overdubs, and it's just an odd mix. And I kind of like, actually like how it sounds on this album. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. It's definitely weird. Uh, but I think the songs are actually the best ones, the best songs they've had in, in a long ass time. Yeah. It's, it's a low bar though. Like, of course. Yeah. Like, obviously, I'm for that weirdness and this differentness of the opening song. Job people make the world go round and pure love are, you know, it's this proper bad brains. It's yeah. like it's this comfort food. It's not reinventing the wheel at this. It feels good. Yeah, this is because before. I mean, this is the first time they've been straightforward hardcore since Rock for Light. Yeah. Which is a long time ago at this point. But I would say around track eight, Let There Be Angels, I really start losing interest. I don't mind that song. Actually, because, I mean, it's fine. I think it's pretty decent hardcore. That outro fucking rules. I fucking love that outro. Interesting. It's a great outro. And then is it just me? But uh, Universal Peace kind of feels like the rehash and sailing on. There's... I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. The, I mean, there's like a, there's a few songs where there was like one song on, mm-hmm. um, I forget which, which album where it just, it felt like a, a re a retreading of like reignition or, or something like they have moments where, or yeah. it sounded just like this riff in Eigenstein, uh, the song Eigenstein. There's, there's moments like that where they just fall into these, these kind of stylings. Um, but it's still, it's its own song. I still don't, I don't mind it very much. I think it's pretty, I think it's actually one of the more catchy songs on the album. I think it's probably one of the better songs on here. I, and I do think deciding to do a studio, like a proper studio version of Sing You Know Flowers at this stage is very interesting. Um, well, that was one of the ones. I mean, I think the song is fine, but like, yeah. man, the production on there is is where I was like, man, it's it just I know the vocals are sung and they're gentle and they're soft and it's mm-hmm. what they are, but even on that song, they feel especially buried and especially mm-hmm. weak like the production on this album is it does bo- bug me a, a, a quite a bit because those gu- the guitars really lack any kind of crunch to them and this is this is like 
supposed to be a heavy album. Like you could yeah. feel it in the in the actual songs. Like you could kind of feel like what they were going for. But it it feels very muddy. Uh, not just because the vocals are kind of bleeding into everything, but there, yeah, there's no uh, like tightness or concreteness to it. The the performances are tight, mm-hmm. but it just there's no uh, glue holding it in the production. <clears throat> yeah, not the. Not the thing I thought it was going to be, or I and I thought it was going to be. I think people were just kind of like stoked to have like a functioning H or as functioning as he could get at the time. Yeah. Glad to have him back and that he's like, you know, eating, you know, and just that he's doing well and he's still fucking kicking. But, um, and it's a it's a it's a fine album too, and it's, I think it, that was that's just all it needed to be. That's all anybody was hoping it would be. Just please don't suck, and it doesn't yeah. suck. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's obviously not going to reinvent anything. There, it's just too. There's, there's no, I mean, there's no reason for that at this point. Like they've done enough. So I didn't even know this that uh, fucking Shavo directed uh the the video for Give Thanks and Praises. I do remember that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Check out just my down episode. Um. I had no idea. I had no idea. Yeah. I didn't know he was a director. He probably, He's certainly no bassist. Yeah, I was going to say, too busy directing music videos instead of playing bass. Yeah. You got time to shoot music videos and smoke weed, but not a... Uh, it's a legitimate uh, callback in case you don't know what we're talking about. We're, just, we're not just shitting on Shavo. He admittedly doesn't practice bass <laughs> uh, for some reason. But uh, that's neat. Yeah, it's it's it, yeah refreshing. I remember when this came out and uh, being like, oh shit, like that's interesting. And didn't didn't think that would happen. That's nice. It's a, it's nice. It's a very nice thing. I'm glad they're okay. Mm-hmm. But we're not done. We got one more. One more. I didn't even know this album existed. Nor did I. Which makes me a bad fan. But here we go. We're at the end. The end for now. Anyway, uh, this is 2012's Into the Future. <laughs> Way better. Also, the song is pretty fucking cool. There's like vocal harmonies on this. There were the last one, but the production didn't highlight that. Yeah, like you can hear it in this song. HR sounds a little bit more confident too. Mm-hmm. Not to the extent of the early days, but way more grounded. Hold on, hold on. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. And uh, I, I mean, about about as good as the last one, if, but I think a little bit better. I. I think both of them are a mix, like mixed bags, but I think the highs on here are, are higher for me. Yeah. This, well, for one, this was produced by Daryl Jennifer. Uh, I guess the first time it says it's by, I think it was produced by the whole band, but it says Mm -hmm. it was just him by himself. And if he had these chops the whole time, what the fuck? Like it sounds (laughs) so much better than the last album. Uh, crisp and clear and tight and chunky. Um, so you got like yes i and success which are 
again, it's just comfort food. Yeah, I don't. I, mean, I don't love Yesai so much, but success is is fine. Like, yeah, most of it is like, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. And then on paper, I hate the idea of rehashing Jaw Love. Yeah, I hate the idea of like throwing the electronics on it. But then when I hear it pretty good you're not you're into this you're into this version of jaw love i like this version of jaw love the 2012 version i didn't love it i mean it, it's it, of course i mean it's, it's it, an it improvement is, it's an improvement I it think. is it's, it's also yeah it's more on the experimental side for sure which is always fun to hear especially at this late in the game um this was released i think six months after adam after yeah after yauk um mca died which is super sad because he was a big friend of theirs and um uh just a sad day for music. Yeah. Yeah. That f- I didn't realize it was that long ago until doing this episode. I, yeah. I, it's I remember, been a long time. I remember it so fresh. Like it just happened. How, if how, how if anyone be- young listens to our podcast, you're going to hit an age in your like mid to late 20s where everything from here on out is gonna it's this all it's all tomorrow it doesn't matter if it was 10 years or yesterday it's it all took place in the same amount of time (laughs) that's one weirdly cosmic way to look at it for sure because that's that's how i feel about time i know it happened a long time ago but certain things it's it's this all kind of gets lumped in the same category in my brain you know you because uh you're right about that because i still think of uh, MCA dying like the same day as Chris Cornell when they were yeah. like five years apart. They were. Yeah. And again, like I can't believe it was a fucking almost 11 years ago. It's damn. It's wild. Yeah, it sucks, dude. I love that guy. God damn it. Uh, check out that episode. The Beast Boys episode was a fun episode. Um, Back to music on here. Yes. Weird fucking song. I think I'm just giving it a thumbs up because it's fucking weird. These motherfuckers did a sludge reggae song. Oh, which one is that again? Ernest Love. That's right. Yep. And holy shit, I don't know if that's a good song. But I think I I kind of like it. Okay. I think I like okay, it. Okay, that makes me feel a little bit better. It's some really strange vocals. It is. But I just appreciate it. I like, it's again, it's not the HR that we all know and love, but it is a cool vocalist for sure. Also, yeah, just accepting that you're not going to like make these last two albums more enjoyable. Yeah, it's that that always makes everything better when you just take away what was. I mean, it's a different band. Those were literally different human beings all those years ago. There's, You, you know what does uh, kind of bum me out because I really like the guitar playing on it is fun. Oh, I just fucking hate. I don't mind it. Like, what, what don't you like about it? Fucking lyrics so much. It's so childlike. Listen, he's a happy guy. Let okay. him be happy. Okay, okay, fair. Some of the fucking shit in that doc was disturbing. Dude. Okay, <laughs> by that I mean I got to talk about it because it's so wild. Real quick, b- before we move on to that, there's literally lyrics in this song where he just says, "Music is fun." I don't have any objections. It's not not wrong. It's fucking pretty fun to me, dude. I spend a lot of my life (laughs) consuming it and talking about it. So he, uh, I won't, I think in the early two thousands, he had his hand, he got his hands on a camera, like a a pretty, I guess. Oh boy. And well, if anybody's seen Tom Segura's podcast with with a, 
they find the darkest videos of the internet. HR was is one of those guys. Mm-mm. He didn't go into the territory of weird perverted stuff, but it was all very religious and very creepy. And to make it creepier, it was always in like night vision mode. Of course it was. <laughs> right up right I, up on his fucking face. I, rem- I remember that when that was like a thing, like, oh shit, you do night vision. Dude, right up on his face. Gosh. Smiling, fucking creepy ass night vision eyes. Just yeah. saying the sweetest, nicest things with this really like you know obviously detached smile really scary you know what that reminds that simpsons episode the the x-files episode where homer thinks it's an alien oh, but it's, it's Mr. Burns. Burns yeah. getting like placeboed up it's a, it it is that yeah it is that um and then another moment where and this is what makes it creepy there is no explanation about the, this there's a whole section where it's the doc documentary crew. It's not like mm-hmm. found footage. They're filming him uh, go into a studio by himself to just jam or whatever, play whatever. And he is in whiteface <laughs> with a blonde wig <laughs> and sunglasses <laughs> and a green tracksuit. <laughs> And it is the most disturbing thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's like, I need you to watch this documentary, dude. <laughs> this is probably the hardest I've ever laughed. When I told you HR was the fucking man, I meant it. <laughs> White face is always funny. But it's like unsettling. It's always scary. And not only that, there has been there was no leading up to this. It just came comes out of nowhere. In this whole episode two hours, we didn't mention one thing about whiteface. <laughs> oh fuck. Oh man. I I am assure you it's worth seeking out. Clearly, the idea of it is just fucking <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> also, if you're like me and you think it's funny, uh check out the music video for Tyler the Creator. I ain't got time. It's I, that, only, I have an idea of what it's like. I want to watch it with you so bad. After oh shit. This. We'll we'll do that. Oh my god. Uh but having said that, I think he's doing well. His wife Okay, good. His wife seems very patient. Very attractive too, but very patient and almost like creepily, like, mm. like really giving up her life for him kind of thing. Like, oh man. I guess if she's also like religious Rastafari. I don't know. She looks like some random white punk girl. Oh, she's, I hope, oh man, if she's Rastafari. I don't that. think so. I think she's just in love. Okay. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, right. She seems All like, right. like. I'll do anything for this man. I will do anything for love, including all the HR's crazy white face. I'm going to go, I'll go, I'll go blackface, then go whiteface on top of the blackface and then dress with the rest of it. A technically gray face, I think. I don't know why that caught me so off guard. Because there's no way you could have saw it coming. <laughs> I, a- I was like, uh-huh. uh-huh. Oh shit. That's where this story's going. <laughs> It's a good documentary. <laughs> I love him so much more after that. Uh, but 
it's a, it's a fun album. It's a cool album. Again, I, I like it about it as much as I mean. The- also, also, real quick, because fucking maybe a joyful noise and MCA dub are like that's right. The I forgot best to- reggae songs they've done in a long, long, long time. I forgot to mention MCA dubs. Literally a tribute to MCA. Um, Both those songs are like some of the best reggae, like in their entire discography. Mega Joyful Noise is one of the few reggae songs that I actually like. Mm-hmm. And they're like, it's legitimately good. And not only that, what I forgot to mention about the last album too, on both of these albums, these are kind of their, some of their best reggae songs on both of these albums, I think. Yeah. They're like, I don't like, I don't I, like them, but they're, they're better than so many. I like them more than the stuff on the first album, honestly. Mm, I don't know about that, but uh, they're, they're strong. They're strong. strong. Yeah, maybe a joyful noise, especially. Yes. I think it's very strong. Yes. Uh, but That's we, another I, one in the can. We did it. Boys we and girls. All the way to the end. And man, what I love this band so much. And even with like all the albums that I fucking will never listen to again. No, this was fun, man. We shouldn't, so have, fun. We shouldn't have put this off this long. Yeah. I, my my overall like deep appreciation for the band has only grown so much. Uh, I just kind of want to absorb myself in like all the all the lore at this point. And learn yeah. as many stories as I can. Because uh, they're fucking interesting guys. And especially a young HR. There's something so mysterious and like charismatic about that character. Like just even like seeing photos of him. Cause it's like, or, or footage rather. Cause, uh, looking at him now, it's like this peaceful, floaty, soft man. Yeah. Even his face seems different. It's yeah. the same face, but it seems softer and gentler now. Whereas mm-hmm. before he was this intense, scary dude who will beat the fuck out of you. Yeah. And like, and has, and, and has and even like, uh, in the doc, like one of his, uh, childhood friends was uh, this fucking hel- I couldn't tell you what ethnicity he is he looks black but he has like a, a Spanish name fucking hilarious dude just one of those dudes from the hood that is just fu- always funny we, yeah. we, everybody knows a, a guy like that um, and the way he talked about him I was like yeah he, he, you don't say nothing to him you fucking knock you out <laughs> <laughs> this is like oh, I love those dudes, yeah. love those dudes. and again it paints this picture of like this really this dude who had this spark uh, that was, you know, something bad is going to happen because dudes like that, there's always something wrong. There's mm-hmm. always something that happens. Every quote unquote legendary figure has that thing where it makes them special, but it also makes them die young. And he didn't die. He's so alive. And that's fucking awesome. Jobless. Jobless. Hell yeah. Job rule. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the, the most bastardization of Rustify is just referring to Ja Rule. It's not the same thing. It is not the same thing. Oh, fuck. I imagine it's not the same thing. Uh, one's, I don't like Ja Rule that much. I kind of prefer the reggae stuff. It's murder. Murder. Uh, but thank you so much for listening and watching and hanging out. Uh, thank you to all the patronizers who voted for this and, and made us do it, even though it took us a while. Uh, you'll find a cohesive and full and long and lengthy playlist on the bad brains there's a spotify Uh albums you didn't think would ever listen to hell yeah so check that out there's a link to that in the description uh 
I guess you. I guess you can. You can follow me on all social media at Pounder Monkey, and you can follow Alex on Instagram at Every Album Alex. Hey, yeah, please check out our history guy Tom Osmond, uh, TomOsmondSounds.com for all things music, um, as well as his Substack TomOsmond.substack.com and his debut album So Much for All in Day's Work, which is very cool. And you can find links to all of that in the description. And you can also find my debut EP, uh, Pounder Monkey, there as well. So check that out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, patreon.com slash every album ever for all things us in helping us survive and live and do all that uh it's where you, you vote on polls to, to make us cover bands like bad brains even though we like them we just didn't cover them before and now we did that's just the way it is there's so many in the world to cover but polls help and they're actually very fun you can also get bonus episodes um see our schedule in advance uh you get to join our discord be a part of our community and suggest our eae singles episodes and if you're tier two if you're bigger than jesus then you can suggest a full discography and we will put it on the schedule there are rules of course there are rules to it but they're they're not that strict and we will cover uh most things we'll uh, we'll work it out with you hell yeah negotiate if it's a, a weird request which we haven't got too many weird requests thankfully uh but I think that's about it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So what in the world, what in the world are we listening to? I think we got to go sacred love, right? No. I just sacred love. Oh man. I feel like it's so unique. I feel like my heart is going way earlier than that. You're going, I'm going hardcore. I mean, that's what bad brains are, but they are. And I just feel like we, we came together with eye against eye. We did come together with Eye Against Eye. Even then, I wouldn't even go Sacred Love for that for Eye Against Eye. But do whatever you want. No. No. Hold on. Something off this album. If it's something off, I guess. Hold on. Let me take a look at that real quick. Take a look at that album (laughs) and its glory. If it's going to be Eye Against Eye, I think think it's going to be Sacred Love. I did it. It's too weird. It's too weird. It's too weird. Also, it's like captures HR's essence, kind of. Yeah, because he was in jail. <laughs> yeah, but like, I don't know. It's just, it's unique. You're not, no one else is going to be like, hey, throw that song up. I, I'll tell you right now, if you would have suggested Band DC, I would have said, let's go over something else. <laughs> and that is, that is one of my most favorite songs in the whole world. Yeah. And I think Sacred Love is, is not bad at all. And I think y'all need to hear HR in jail right now. Beautiful song. I'm ready. Hell yeah. So thank you so much for listening and watching. See ya.